Hey, yo, what's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to Reflections of a DJ to Roll podcast presented by DJ City and Beat Source. I'm one of your hosts, DJ Crooked. We got DJ Never here. Yo, 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 what up? We got DJ D Miles. What up? What up? We got Jamie the Great. Yeah. We got Nudia, our associate producer, finally what's in up? Vegas. Woo-hoo. What's good, Nudia? I uh, flew all the way in <laughs> for Chicago. Chi-town. And we got our special five-year anniversary today. We're celebrating our five-year anniversary, yeah. y'all. And for our five-year anniversary, we got special guests, right? I had to bring out my motherfuckers, right? My main motherfucker from New York. I had to bring out MoMA. We got MoMA in the building from everyday people. What's good? What's good? And we got young blood. We got the new young blood. We got like, you know what I'm saying? Like baby Big Ben. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> baby we, got, we got the new ben, Big Ben in the building. Hey. All right? One of my favorite DJs is killing New York. He's from the BX, like Nev. Boogie Down. Yeah. Boricua, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In the we, building. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget the Now he's all shy and shit. You're all shy, the cameras is on. <laughs> With your fresh new haircut. Don't forget the Panamanian, yo. Yeah, all right, man. man. All right, man. We got, we got DJ Marty Rock in the building. Yeah, What's good? Yeah, What's up? What's good, fellas? I appreciate y'all. Like, So basically, these motherfuckers flew in from New York just for our five-year anniversary. Yes. That's right. And you guys, you know, you came in just for the love of us. I appreciate it. And it, so, it wasn't we, an easy. We all appreciate it. It, right? it wasn't an easy trip, right? It no. Was, no. My, my flight was fucked up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, Marty. My shit was rough. Rough. Damn, man. Pause. But it's like, yo, I appreciate y'all being here, man. This is no. Marty's first time in New York, right? And it's my first time in Vegas. Vegas. I'm sorry. First time in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My very first time. You've never been in Vegas, huh? Never. You know, it's it's funny. Like he had, a, he called his kid and his girl, and he was like, "Yo, check it." You know, he's at my crib. He's like, "Check out Vegas," and it was like very cute. I was like, "Oh, like, <laughs> you know." I, I remember when I went on my first couple trips. You know? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like all cynical. You know, <laughs> leave me alone. <laughs> I don't have. I'm not sharing any experiences. Facetime and motherfuckers. I'm actually honored to be here, man. Like to just to be a part. Of, I've been a fan since day one of the show. You know what I mean, like well, I'm lying. I'm dead ass. I've learned, <laughs> I've learned so much from the show, and and I felt like I felt like I knew y'all person. I mean, a crooked. I've known you for a minute. Yeah. That the we but but tell them yeah. why you really on the show. I'm really on here because we got a little smoke, yo. We got a yeah. little smoke. I think it was the episode when y'all was comparing Bad Bunny to Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson, right? There was a couple of facts. Hey, shout the exile, right? It was the exile that was on that episode. I don't think. Oh you no, was no, on no, that no, 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 no. We were just talking. Fault. It was yeah. just shout. But shout to exile. Shout to exile, of course. I'll do that shameless plug. I feel like the history of, of reggaeton and like how it came to how it got to where it is now is kind of like misconstrued. Growing up on the East Coast, we kind of got it when it was in in its adolescence. You right. know what I mean? But what upset you? It upset me like your timeline was a little off. Like, well, it was very off. It was very off. Okay. It was <laughs> super off. What y'all was our was, timeline? Explain y- it. Y'all were saying that the 2000s was like the golden era of reggaeton and... And, and it wasn't. It definitely wasn't. All right. When was the golden era? The, I, I would say the golden era was between like 2000 and 2010 was like the golden era of reggaeton for us. I like, mean, that's what we said. Yes, yeah, we said, said that. that. No... <sighs> Look at you. Yeah. I know, it was weird, though. It was oh, it's weird. different. It's different now, yeah, right? Different. <laughs> <laughs> and I forgot I got notes. So. Yeah, look at let your me, notes, let me whip motherfucker. The notes out. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. I got moment next to me. Listen, so I I, hold on. when we're going to talk about the golden, this is the this is the problem with the road podcast and us. All right. Right. When we refer to like you know music like reggaeton, right? A genre of music like reggaeton, we're always going to kind of re- reference it to a crossover level. Yeah. Because we represent Las Vegas, kind of like a Las Vegas mainstream open format, 
you know what I'm saying? Like style of DJing and like, you know, in the city of Las Vegas. Right. So, of course, we're going to speak, you know, and even with me being from New York and never being from New York, right. we still did like open format mainstream bottle service clubs. Correct. So we're going to speak on reggaeton from a very like mainstream perspective. Right. So like obviously anyone who was deep, you know what I'm saying? Like deep into the genre of reggaeton and the history. That's I mean, we're going to reference some of that. But we're, we're going to reference the shit. Like, so when we speak of the golden era of reggaeton, right? Yeah. We're going to speak on the crossover hits. Of course. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But I mean, but what I, did we get wrong? I felt I felt like I had to come on and kind of like... <laughs> what? Check us. I, I feel like the origins, the origin story of it, you got it wrong. You know what we I mean? We didn't say the origin. We said, what was the first... No, the origin of it in, in like when it started to cross over. You know what I mean? So we said the first, one of the first reggaeton songs, the first example of reggaeton that we thought was El General, right? Yeah, okay. El General, right? Okay. With a boom, boom, mommy, mommy, like right. that. But it was very dance hallish, and you're saying correct. And but that was a re- that was kind of a big hit back then, right? The reason why it was dance hall is because it was dance hall. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was Spanish dance hall. It was called reggae en español, so Spanish reggae. Okay. And the reason that is is because I don't I know, really, like control your tone when you speak to me. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> the reason the reason the reason that is, you you get you kind of strong. I know you nah, had a long flight. I'm, nah, I'm very you had a long flight. I mean, I'm, I'm first off. <laughs> You know, in the barbershop right This now. is my East Coast yeah, tone yeah. right here. I'm, you know, you know? This, this and, my, East Coast and, my tone is, is and bear my, I did feed you earlier, right? Yes, you did. Pause. Okay. I <laughs> did feed you. Yeah, I mean, you, felt, you fed me like a hipster from Williamsburg, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Nah, nah. I gave, I gave him some gave good food. Quinoa. I gave you good food. Yo, y'all should be proud of me. I used to call it quinoa. 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 All right, so you want to ask that? You want to say your shit again? Yes. So it was Spanish again. <laughs> so the reason that was is because El General is from a, a, a city, uh, like a town in Panama called uh, Colón, and Colón is really close to the Panama Canal. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I don't know if y'all know this, but when they were building the canal, they they got a lot of slave laborers from Jamaica and Trinidad and and uh, Guyana, like a lot of West Indians. So obviously. They built like their living quarters mm-hmm. very close to the canal, so obviously they didn't have to haul them very far. So they brought down their roster culture, they brought down the dance hall, they brought all that down with them, and it was literally a town full of West Indians. Yeah. Literally, when El General was obviously born from a Jamaican, like like from Jamaican ancestry, right? That's why a lot of the Panamanians from. Uh, Colón are black. They're very dark-skinned. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Their entire bloodline leads to Jamaica or somewhere in the West Indies. And that's why they got English last names. Correct. Like Smith. And Williams. And Williams and Robinson. Oh, Correct. man. yeah, that's Exactly. Crazy. So Weird. El General was actually a child star. He was in a group called um, Renato y la Cuatro Estrellas. What are you reading right now? My notes. Okay. His notes. <laughs> Is this like Wikipedia? I, told you, no, I, came, no. I came correct, baby. <laughs> he sent me a screenshot of this shit. I Wait, came correct. Look baby. at his screen. What does it say? Where reggaeton came from? Nah, it says reggaeton, <laughs> reggaeton <laughs> history notes. History of reggaeton. <laughs> no, Yo, my man is mad thorough. It's in bold, thorough. too. Okay. Now, I mean, listen, my mother's Panamanian, my father's Puerto Rican. I got to do my family right. Okay, okay. I mean, El General was one of those four estrellas, which was four like like little kids. Was it like the, the Jackson Five? Almost, but Renato. Jackson Four. <laughs> <laughs> no, he was the fifth. Renato was the fifth member, um, but Renato only spoke patois. He didn't speak Spanish, so he felt like like what really took him off in the whole country of Panama was El General was writing lyrics for him at a young age. 
So he pretty much was only singing Spanish because of El, Gen El General. Mm -hmm. So El General, what he did was he kind of, he flipped the reggae records, which are like very slow, 70 BPM, and he double-timed it. He started playing the records on 45, mm -hmm. on 45 speed. There, that was the birth of Spanish reggae. In the late 80s, early 90s, when, when the sound of reggae español reached Puerto Rico, mm -hmm. they had the promoters, they, they obviously the island fell in love with the sound, but the promoters have no, they had no way of reaching the artists that were on these tracks because they were literally mixtapes. There was no cover, there was no credits, there was none of that stuff. There was no promoter in, in like uh, info. So what they would do is, uh, DJ by DJ Negro owned a spot called The Noise. It was like a like a like a neighborhood bar, and he was a DJ. So he would go on he would go on stage. He would mimic the dembow beat. He would try to make it as close as he can, and whoever was the bravest one out of the like the the kids that were in attendance would go up. And out of this group was like, in this group was like Baby Rasta, Gringo, Nicky Jam. Like this was the spot on Puerto Rico. And it got so popular that he started recording the tracks and making CDs, mixtapes, called Denoise. Denoise Volume 1, Denoise Volume 2. And at that time, the genre was called underground because it was illegal because of the contents of the lyrics. So all this started now crossing over to the East Coast. Because you had, you know, you uh, most of the Puerto Ricans were either in New York or Connecticut yeah. or Jersey or Florida. So now it started crossing over and people were like, yo, what is this? What the fuck is this? So now you got you, you now you got your uptown DJs making reggaeton mixtapes. You had DJ Precise, mm -hmm. DJ Cream, yeah, yeah, DJ Casanova. You know what I mean? What years was that? You think this was like ninety eight, ninety nine, two thousand? Because right. reggaeton didn't hit New York City radio till like oh three oh four, and it was really it like on the hip hop station. It was Camilo breaking the records. Well, it was also like you know the the crossover shit with Noriega. And yeah. Cypher Sounds was Nina really Sky. Cypher Sounds was behind that whole shit with Nina Sky and Oye Mikanto. Right, that. right, that yeah, really pushed it. Yeah, he was behind that. And then you had, but you had, you also had La Calle on New York in New York radio, which doesn't exist anymore. But they had like DJ Ramo, DJ Precise. Mm -hmm. When I when I say DJ Precise, I'm not talking about West Coast Precise in any way, shape, or form. I yeah, promise yeah, I you know, this. I, I really promise you this. But so they were breaking it. And then now these like I feel like the world didn't get to hear reggaeton until Mas Flo, which was this, uh, the the album with Looney Tunes that had like Daddy Yankee, Coge La Que Va Sin Jockey. It had, uh, I think Your Voy was on that album as well. Yeah, I think so too. I think Your Voy by yeah. Zongi Lennox was on that album. But really the sound hit New York like late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like really late 90s. And it, and it traveled all up the, the, the sure. east, up and down the East Coast, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So we've been we've been really on the wave forever, really. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, it, but, like you yeah. said, these but this shit was all mixtape. It was never on twelves. Yeah, it was never on like on actual so vinyl. Like the label. I, I think your timeline is dope. I, I like I'm, I'm I appreciate like you know like all the shit you're breaking down. But I think honestly, like I think we were on we were kind of spot on with the songs. You're right. adding more information, right. of course, right? Right. Which I appreciate. Right. I mean, I'm just I'm just fine tuning which yeah. I was like like I said, I'm yeah. just fine tuning which you I was. You just saying. didn't you didn't like that we weren't we were kind of like we weren't adding enough details into what we were speaking about. Yeah, correct. Because right. we we're making it justice. Because so we weren't wrong in anything. You were not wrong. Okay, but now oh. you were acting like we was <laughs> yeah, wrong. I no, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I was acting like y'all was leaving out certain shit. We right? were leaving out shit. Y'all yeah. were leaving out a lot of certain shit. 
shit. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's and to me, it's kind of like talking about hip hop without Grandmaster Flash. You know what I mean? Yeah, but oh. the way you say, y'all was leaving a lot of shit. Yeah, you know, y'all like, left a lot of shit. Like out. we like disrespected. You know what I'm saying? Reggaeton. Like, nah, yeah. I ain't say that. You I ain't feel, say you that. felt disrespected. I, you no. flew over here. You're like, Zoom. I did. I so did. This is what he did. He texted me. He's like, yo, I don't know what y'all text me. Should I look it up? Mm. It was like y'all fucking up. It was voice notes. It was voice notes. It was voice notes. Because I was my fat ass was in the gym. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that's mostly when I listen to y'all. I mean, so he sent me voice notes. And you know, I'm I'm like, I don't know, I'm working. I'm like, what is this dude? What what's his problem? <laughs> what's right? he want? Right? So he's like, Y'all got it all <laughs> fucked up, something, you know, y'all y'all don't have the history right, you know, this shit isn't sold to me because I'm Puerto Rican and da 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 and blah blah blah. He's like, and I was like, All right, you know, like why don't you come on the podcast and explain this shit, right? Yeah. So then I he, he was like, flight. Bet. And then he's like I dead ass booked it. And like, he's like, When you want me to fly out there? I said, Ten minutes later. Whenever and he's like October I'll fly out there October 25th. Yeah. Oh, no. You said 4th. And I said, you know what? Come on the 5th and stay an extra day and just- The 25th. The 25th. 25th. You know, stay an extra day to the 26th and, and DJ with MoMA. And then you'll just DJ our 5 year anniversary. Right. And he was like, all right. Say, you know. Oh, another another point y'all brought up was like if- uh, I think it was like something to the extent of- but my the point of my story is if you didn't bitch at me, <laughs> right? Listen, you, wait, somebody wait. had to do it, bro. Somebody had to come on here and do it. If you didn't bitch at me, right, you wouldn't be here in Vegas and you wouldn't even be spending our five-year anniversary. That's a fact. That's a so fact. Sometimes no, you got to be an out. asshole. That's yeah. a fact. And bitch at a motherfucker. <laughs> I took a page out of, you know, the, the book of Crooked. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would never do what you did. I would never do that. I would text MoMA in our group chat and I would bitch about it. But I would never do that. So, so you done? Are you done? No, nah, I'm just saying. I, mean, I, had to, I had to come on here. I had to come Wait, on here and regulate real quick. Can we plus. celebrate our five year anniversary now? I would love to. That's what I'm here for. Now that we set the record straight. Can, can we talk with MoMA now? Oh, that's or? what I'm here for. I'm, listen, man. Y'all got any more questions about reggaeton? You let me know, man. The real reggaeton DJ's here. What, what you should do is record like a TED talk of this shit. You know what I mean? The origin. Yeah, I mean, I could, right? Like, just yeah. sit in my room and, like, talk nah. to myself like a bozo. No, no, no. You should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, Mark. No, nah, I appreciate y'all. I just have to, you know, I have to be the, the East Coast voice for reggaeton because we kind of been on it. Yeah. Pause. Everyone, so you represent all of these upset Latinos and Yo, in bro, New York when I posted it? when I posted that I was coming, yo, my DMs blew up. Like, mm -hmm. finally. Somebody who's actually been there is going to talk about it. My whole thing is like, what, what are they bitching about of us? Whenever we talk about reggaeton, I see on Twitter, like everyone like sub disses us. Um, I think what they, is the problem? I think the problem is also like all these reggaeton parties spewing up out of nowhere or whatever. Right. And I feel like the West Coast is getting a lot of fucking credit. For them pushing the genre. They're not getting a lot of credit. No, they're just, but they are, though. No, they they're are. not. They're just having... They're, look, this is the thing. is that reggaeton and, like... I mean, look, reggaeton has been popping on the East Coast for a long time. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? It hasn't really had a scene on the West Coast like this. Till now. But that's Till what I'm now. But that's what I'm saying. Had, like, would the scene have been there? We would have been breaking... And we're not talking about breaking these records in the Bronx. That's a given. I'm talking about breaking these records at Tile Downtown, at Marquee, at One Oak. I know, I know, no. But you know my, I mean? my thing, my thing is this: is that y'all had a golden era, right? Right. Of like reggaeton, and the city was crazy. 
Don't tell me the city wasn't crazy. I feel, in the I feel like I feel like house party. I, remember, I'm only 32, yeah. so I, I wasn't outside for that. I was outside, right? I was DJing Dominican clubs like Umbrella but even, in 2000s. But even that, like in school dances, they were playing like I thought I'm. Yeah, there. but again, but, 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 in the hood, this yeah, is but, what I'm saying. But I'm saying is that it's like on the West Coast, they haven't really had like clubs where like major clubs crossing over where they yeah. they're playing reggaeton you it's know it's only hip hop bro we don't really have no but you are though like you had a whole ass reggaeton party at chaos no 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 no, no. I'm saying this is recently in oh, the last okay. five years yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying the, we never had a Spanish nightclub that is popping till now because of the you and know, not only that there's like it gets a little deeper than that because right. in LA and I could be uh, you know I could be wrong right but there's there's is there's kind of a weirdness about when you're like like a Mexican American in LA, it's like you don't want to. You kind of want to, like, adjust and a, a, like embrace like the American music. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like even me growing up as an Asian American. Like I got an American first name. You know, my name is Richard Sung. Right. You know, we we're, we were taught. We got a dicky and raised. Yeah, <laughs> we were raised to like fit in and like yeah. listen to hip hop. Right. And, like. And like fit in with like white people and black people. Do you know what I'm saying? Not only that, yeah. Mexicans in LA, like there's there's a generation and there's some people that they only they their first language is English because their parents did not want them to feel like you know getting left behind because they. The but just like home. it's like the first time where we're really seeing like kind of a lot of Latinos really embrace their roots. Yeah, and not only right. that, there's all these there's all these. Like superstars emerging, like Grupo Firme mm -hmm. and like Bad Bunny, and it's like they're selling out arenas. So it's like the West Coast is having their their scene, but also the East Coast has been having their scene as well. So what I think the biggest problem is on the y'all just need to stop being so angry, and y'all right. need to work with motherfuckers. Yo, a now, more. now all of a sudden he's from Vegas. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden he's from Vegas. Nah, I'm no, from but, New York. Uh, no, but I, I think the biggest the biggest problem with New York is that they feel like LA is getting the credit. For breaking the genre no. in in these oh, in these I don't, I don't in these in these LA's not even leading the I don't even no. think they're leading nothing well, well the West Coast right. rather yeah West well, Coast. the West Coast don't say right. LA well the West yeah. Coast right LA is the West Coast to me yeah no I don't, <laughs> but, you, but I don't, you're also speaking like a New Yorker that doesn't really travel much you right know, but, like, right, but like, you go to LA you like yo the pizza sucks here and it's just like yo there's more food here in LA <laughs> no but that's you know what but that's what I'm saying like I feel like they feel like they're not getting their flowers. Because yo, we used to from get us? No, no, yeah, from from the podcast. Because yo, oh. bro, we used to get yelled at for playing reggaeton like that. I, ass. I like, know that. Like yeah. yo, we would be at these clubs. We would be at these bottle service clubs and getting <laughs> yelled at, bro. Like, like, like we were like scolded like children, bro. Like, what the fuck? Yo, are you fam, doing? yo, yo, fam. I used to DJ in Miami, and they would tell me don't play any reggaeton. Right. They used to act like it was like peasant music, yeah. right? They're like, yo, don't play any. We don't want to hear like this, this peasant music. This Meanwhile, the room peasant. is erupting. They just didn't want, but erupting. That, but fam, that happens to a lot of, to a lot of music, right? A lot of, but know, I, but music. I think, I think that New York DJs are saying that, are pretty much saying that we crawled, yeah, so they could run. Yo, so my thing is this. I'm that I'm that ass. That's that's <laughs> like that's really how they feel, bro. The, the problem is the podcast is based in in on the West Coast. Correct. You know what I'm saying? The thing is, is also. Nobody on the East Coast, like you know, let's say like the what what is those DMV uh, dudes? Oh, um, Adobo, Waltero, Adobo, yeah. Adobo, Adobo Waltero DMV. They don't reach out to us like in. They don't say like, "Yo, man, next time you're on the East Coast, come check our party." True. They just talk shit. 
Well, listen, you I'm, pers- what I'm, I'm personally going to extend should, the invitation no, to no, you. No, 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 no. But I don't take it personally because right. I, I, I see their side. Like, I see, like, yo, you doing dope shit. Because yeah. literally when they started, like, kind of, like, subbing us on Twitter, I was talking to him, like, yo, you see this adobo shit? Like, that shit is dope. Yeah. We're, 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 we're and I was like, fun. yo, next time, like, I'm in D.C., I should check out, uh, you know, uh, Jerome Baker. I should check out Don and Nikki. And then I, could, I should see what's going on with their party. But right when I, we were talking about that the same week, like you know, they start coming shots. They, well, it's not a big deal. Like they were yeah, just, yeah. but you know, like they were just subbing us on Twitter, and I'm yeah. like, yo, like y'all never invited us. Like y'all never even like said like, yo, check like DM me and like check out my shit, right? You know, or like yo, Jerome, you know, crooked, like yo, like yo, you know, like let them let them know that we got this shit going down here, you know. So like I have to be the dude that's like, all right, like like I have to be the bigger one and be like, yo, right. let's, I want, I'm down to go to your party. And even still, they're like, all right, whatever, man. You know, like, you're like, you <laughs> know cool, what I'm saying? They're cool, they're cool now, but, <laughs> but it's, that's just how it is. Well, listen, now, now that we're talking about it, the reggaeton scene in downtown New York City is phenomenal. Like, but y'all got to be open. Y'all gotta, right. Y'all got to extend and, and poly with the West Coast instead of being like, yo, man, we crawled so y'all could walk. Y'all got to just. No, but I'm here that. for that, though. I'm yeah. here to do that. I'm, you got to go 100%. to LA. You got to go to LA. You got to come to. Vegas. I'm doing a reggaeton party tomorrow. I'm saying because of your. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because you were bitching, though. You know No, but I could have been like, nah, fuck that, Crooked. I'm not doing that, bro. Nah, of course. Nah, you're I mean, not going to be like. Obviously, I could have been closed minded nice to guy, it, but. You know? But what I'm saying is now, Momo, Momo, you interject. You're like the more re- re- rational, you know. You know, it's just like in New York, you're not going to get visibility because we don't have clubs anymore. Mm. There are no big clubs in New York. You know what I'm saying? So in Vegas, they rock in big clubs. In San Diego, in LA, in Miami. So it's possible. It's absolutely correct that the New York DJs is the ones who spearheaded all of that. But you're not going to get the visibility because you don't have the content. You don't have the footage. To show the world how lit like the, the reggaeton scene is in downtown New York. Whereas you look at a party in Vegas, Crooked could be playing 1,300 people wilding out to Bad Bunny. Like, we don't really have that in New York. What's, what's our biggest room? Tau? Nah, right now it's um, uh, Nebula. I don't even know it. We're like Marquee, Nebula. Yeah, Mar- Marquee, Nebula. And, and, and they're playing reggaeton in Marquee now? Y- yeah, heavy. But I'm Very seeing, heavy. but seeing everyday people, that's a large group. That's that's like a festival. Yeah, yeah. we don't really play reggaeton every day. We we right. play dembo. Because the thing is, I don't want to. I don't want to open the bad bunny. You know, the, 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 the bad bunny. <laughs> you play one bad bunny. You song. haven't gotten any requests for bad bunny. Two this year. Two. What, I, really? One at everyday people and one at dance, dance, dance at Lebane. Just two. Just two. Dance, yeah. dance, dance at Lebane. That's crazy. Yeah. Really? That's it. That's it. I mean, I'm in a bubble, and, and you, I'm aware of that. You were saying you didn't, you heart, you don't even play peppers. Like I was talking to him a couple months ago, uh-huh. and he was like, "Yo, I think I'm gonna start bringing peppers back in I, rotation." I, I, play, I play peppers like <laughs> ironically, <laughs> yeah, because I, I do like every now and then I do like an EDM wedding set at Everyday People. You know, we found love, beautiful people, peppers. Yeah, I, I take that into the dembo. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, that yeah. shit is hard as fuck, and it always goes off. You know, so see, yeah. see, Dembo is still very hick downtown. It's still, it's still a very hick genre. Like it hasn't crossed over to downtown, and and downtown we literally mean blocks away from like an everyday party, everyday people party. Like we're playing reggaeton at Lavo, at Tao, at PhD, at Little Sister, 
And there's those, like a good handful of that you could play in rotation. That everyone knows. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's like La Mama. There's yeah. like you know, like uh, Siakabo. Right, Siakabo La Cuarentena. If if, if they're really like in that. it, you could do Cuatro K. You could do like some other shit. Right? You could do you could uh, Uva uh, Uva. Like yeah, that yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. You could do like um, Lo Aparato by right, El Alfa. Like, shit like that. Anything El Alfa really hits. But can you play like the 114 BPM like sexier shit? You gotta you gotta get like you, if you do it has to be either Tokisha. Or, or Rosalia. See, but, I could play that because it, it works with Afrobeats. Right. For me. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. But there's a new Pepas and it's called Quevedo by Bicerrap. It's Q U E V E D O. And he's a Spanish artist, like from Spain. Yeah, yeah. And Bicerrap is a produ- he's a producer from Argentina. And that song is never mi- it has not missed yet. It's like 10 for 10 for me. I mean, I mean, what what I would love for you to do, Marty, is like I want you to travel more. And I want you to like do more West Coast shit. Yeah. And you'll kind of actually understand. Like I love, like when I go to New York mm-hmm. and I hear like, you know, I haven't gone to a Latin party yet in, in New York though. Please come next time. Please. I think I went to a Dembo party with Dana Lou. Shout out to Dana Lou. Okay. Um, well, yeah. So the Latin parties, it's not necessarily clubs. Yeah. It's these branded events, like whatever Dana Lou and them be doing, Dos Flacos. In uh, Brooklyn, right? It's a lot of Brooklyn it's, shit. It's Brooklyn. It's kind of warehousey. Yeah, it's yeah. ravey. See, I want to go uptown. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually curious to see how the uptown joints are. Oh, way different. Way, yeah, yeah. Way different. Because the Brooklyn Latin parties are going to be different from the Brooklyn, right? Yeah. I mean, in the Bronx, you're hearing, you're hearing a Dembo, you're hearing, and you're hearing like deep cuts of Dembo, and you're hearing like, and like a lot of Rochi live edits yeah, yeah. are huge in the Bronx right now. It, they're still playing like Tipico. They're still playing Merengue. They're still playing Bachata. You, you know what I'm enjoying about the West Coast Latin parties is the diversity. It's way more diverse. With the right. music or the people? The, or both? Just the, there's like these new categories of Latin music. Like there's reggaeton, there's dembo, and then there's banda. And then there's cumbia, and then there's like Latin tech house, and then there's guaracha. Right. So there's like, it's to me, it's more interesting because it's going so many places. But a lot but of that's that, a reflection of the diaspora, right? And in, in New York, we're dominated right. by Puerto Rican and Dominican. That's right? why. So, so when I be reggaeton, and when, when I go to a Latin party, it's like 45 minutes of dembo, and I'm kind of like, all right, this is cool. But now it's sounding like deep house a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Whereas like a West Coast. Latin party now yeah. is way more like mixed up. I mean, does that sound about right? No, it's definitely about right. It's it's kind of interesting though. That's why I want you to right. experience. You're gonna see Altura tomorrow. No, yeah, and you know. But listen, please don't don't think that that I'm here to say our way is the way. No, no, you know no, what no. I mean? It's all like, love. Yeah, no, it's I mean, definitely it's all, all love from our side. I don't know about no, your it's side. All love from our <laughs> side, baby. It's all love from our <laughs> side. I love Bronx shirts. First, love uh, well, first off. Puerto listen, I just don't want to get caught up in the Latino beef, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm an Afrobeats guy, all right? <laughs> listen, Puerto Rican and Dominicans don't hate each other. Almost every show that you meet from New York is really? Puerto Rican they and Dominican. They used to hate each other when we yeah, were growing back up. in the day until they started they fucking cool each other. Every girl you might meet from New York is probably Puerto Rican and Dominican. Really? 80%. Yeah, Isn't that cool. weird? 80%. 80% of the shorties are Puerto when Rican and Dominican. When did that happen? When, what year was that? I don't know. I guess they was bored in the '90s, bro. No, like, this is. I'm talking. They hated each this other. This is like I mean, late. This is, this the is like '80s and '90s. Late '90s, or late '90s, early 2000s. Yo, son, I remember in the clubs when you remember we used to like when we used to hear like the DJ drop Puerto Rico. Oh, oh yeah, now it's a different day. All the Dominicans would be like, I think Ice Puerto Spice Rico, is Puerto Rican. No, and they used to be like Puerto Rico. No, they used to do like. I that. actually think Ice Spice is Puerto Rican and Dominican. I think I, I I'm almost positive she is. I don't know what she is. Yeah. Little Orphan Annie. 
no, no. I just I just wanted to say something. Like I feel like this conversation we're having and like the same like negative energy sounds exactly like the New York conversation. Like of course the music hits the East Coast first and is gonna be more popular on the West Coast way later. Right. And y'all always get mad about it. And I don't understand. And this is my problem, like with the Latin people, we can't just like enjoy that everyone's making money, that everyone's doing um, well. We have to fight about it. Like instead just be happy that like now I'm just saying this as someone who is like assimilated okay. as a Mexican American. Okay. And like when my grandma would put on like Aventura in the car and fucking Elvis and Grandma Bumps Aventura? I would yes. Grandma, oh my gosh. Freak. Yo, she was in her field. She was in her fucking field. <laughs> so I would like turn it down. She was taking me to like a white school and I'd be like this. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? So like I I fought it for a long time. So for it to be popular now is so exciting. And I've learned so much more about, especially regional Mexican music and things right. like that. So instead of like being pissed off, like y'all can't <laughs> just be happy. That's like, oh, everyone's eating. Wow. Like no. everyone's doing good. I feel like it's the same hip hop conversation, East Coast and West Coast people yeah. fight about too. Like, it's that we really just can't be happy about it. Well, listen, know? listen, I'm here. I, listen, I was here to set a couple things straight, but I'm also here to let y'all know that any West Coast DJs, matter of fact, I slid in JQ's DM. I saw he was, at, I, was I saw he was, JQ. I, I saw he was in the Bronx and I was like, yo, why you ain't hit me, bro? Like you should have, I mean, like. Cause I, you angry, cause I, you mad I, and no, shit. No, never, never. <laughs> I've, I've taken all of y'all, with the exception of Nudia and mm -hmm. Jamie, I've taken all of y'all out and yeah. we've had the time of our lives. And I mean, and <laughs> no one's backing you up. And the, and the, and the, and the Everyone's like, from LA. it wasn't the time of my life. It was cool. It was good. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm speaking for D-Miles on that one. Uh, I see, I see. Nah, but listen, I work for I work with a, a group of promoters called 1990 Group. Yeah, yeah. And they're from Spain originally. And they're running a lot of uh, reggaeton, well, not Latin parties, downtown New York City. They opened the, the, the gates for them because y'all know the formula was hip-hop, hip-hop, hip-hop downtown for years. Yeah. Um, so they're running a lot of parties, Hassan C. Bougie Group. Uh, they're running a lot of Latin parties, and uh, they're not Latin all night. We still cater to our local, you know, bottle service customers. We're playing hip hop, house, all that. But yo, to any West Coast DJs that just want to come out and chill, hit me, DM me, text me, however you see fit. Yeah. And I would love, you know what I mean? And, you know, and if I, and if I can book some of you guys, I would love to. Yeah, I can have that conversation with the I promoters. It. I love it. You know what I mean. I would, but I would love for them to see how we do it on the East Coast. You know what I mean. That's right. Respectfully, and, Not, you, should, and you should come on the West Coast and see how they do it. I'm here, baby. All right, I'm here. Tell all the East Coast motherfuckers, right? Yeah, it's, it's got to be more love, man. It's got to be more love. A little Fall bit more, a little especially bit. like the thing is, it's like from us, we we actually show a lot of love to motherfuckers. That's so we actually come from a place of like, you know love. what I'm saying? Where like I actually want to showcase. DJs, right? Cool you know, party. so perfect example. Yeah, right so like, if y'all gonna approach me, like, you just DM me and let me know what's going. I I answer every DM I get. That's probably a problem. Mm -hmm. That's probably not good. But I answer every DM I get. People send me mixtapes and all this stuff and links to their party, and I actually go. Like, I'll go to Miami or like I was just where? Where the fuck was I? I was just in New York. A couple DJs hit me like, "Yo, stop by my spot in LES." Mm -hmm. And I, and I actually went through and I checked them. I gave them a pound. I told them they're killing their shit. 
And then and I kept it bouncing. I, and I literally stopped by like four or five spots in LES just to show love to some of these DJs. So all y'all got to do is reach out. And I'm, right. and I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to come through and show love. Now, I told you I was going to be the nori of this shit. So I'm here to give y'all your flowers. <laughs> you look right. like you need a shot. You need a shot. Can I shut shot? off your mic for like 15 minutes though? Maybe 20. do 20. <laughs> 20. <laughs> we gotta talk to so MoMA. Yes, we look, do. Look, look, look. Even we, MoMA, even though it's your 17th time on the show, let's I talk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of talking about myself. No, no, no. Y'all actually want to gotta talk. check out everyday people. How much is so like MoMA? You you were just in a commercial. With Beyonce, no big deal. right for for Tiffany, this right? Is light work, man. Yeah, light no, no, work. no, don't talk like that. It was a Tuesday. <laughs> he, he's wearing Tiffany colorway. Did you notice that? Uh, look, uh, yo, so I gotta talk to you because this is big. You were just in a commercial with Beyonce for Tiffany, right? That's right. That's big. Don't worry, like yeah, we gotta give him a yeah, part. Right. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Clap it up for Beyonce, everybody. That's Clap crazy. it up for Beyonce. Queen B, Queen B, Queen and B. Mama. Shout out to the Beehive. You you had the worst outfit ever, but it was still dope. It was still like a good look. You know what I'm saying? He had like a sheer see-through sh like shirt. Yeah. You know, I saw some nipples. I saw a little. He was killing it with the glasses though. He was it's good because the commercials in black and white. Yeah, and I couldn't wear a brighter color than Beyonce for obvious reasons. Right, she's right. the star. But if I was like in a matte black color, they wouldn't see my outfit. So they were like, we got to go with sheer. We got to go with a sequence. We got to go with like something that glitters a you little. You look good. You look good. Thank you. I mean, you look good. You know, I, I, I got used to it eventually. With the cool Modi glasses. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how did this happen? They try to cast me for some sort of audition for luxury brand. And I just thought it was like not for me because like. I'm not an actor, you know? Mm -hmm. I don't do like self-tapes or like audition. I don't have a, a lookbook or whatever. So I just kind of ignored it until until somebody from the casting side was like, you need to call us immediately. This is for a very famous person, right? And then I signed an NDA. And then everything that kind of happened after the NDA, I, I, I really can't talk about. But I can talk about maybe a few things on set. So you got on the radar somehow of Beyonce's people. I think in hindsight... I yeah. must have been on their radar because the whole idea was to recreate something like an iconic Studio 54 experience, right? right? She's doubling down on like black joy, like, you know, um, just these representations of black people. She's doubling down on, I guess, her support, her alliance with the LGBTQ plus community. Right. There was the whole feeling of disco. And maybe somebody that's in or around New York was like, well, you want like black joy and disco and everyday people and LGBTQ. And this is one of the guys who DJs in that community. Right, you know? right. And I think also the fact that maybe I don't look like 23 years old uh, could have played a part because okay. they were just like, yeah, he's good. We're not touching his hair. We're not touching his beard. No makeup. I, I think maybe I just fit a certain look that made it look you, believable. You didn't have any, they didn't put any makeup on you? I went. I did wardrobe and and jewelry, no makeup, no oh. hair. I have a feeling, and this is me speculating. Around the time, I feel like when they reached out, I feel like you guys were just in London, I think, and then you guys like this is just when uh, Break My Soul like dropped, and you guys had one of the illest videos, like where the crowd in London was reacting to Break My Soul. It was just like, it just released maybe like a week ago or two weeks ago. And it was one of the first videos that I saw like on any social media that had like a group of like beautiful black people 
singing and wiling out to the song. It literally looked like a video shoot. Right. So when I saw that, I was like, and then, you know, I kind of, you kind of told me about it later. I was like, I don't know. I feel like I they mean, must have it, seen that it, shit. It, it, it might have crazy. something to do with it or it might not. But her publicist reposted that video. Oh, mm. wow. She posted it right. on her Instagram story. And a bunch of people sent it to me. They were like, yo, Beyonce's publicist um, reposted your, your, your Instagram video. But it may not have had anything to do with it either. You know, I really can't tell because all there's just so many like different like parts of this operation you know from casting to directing yeah to storyboarding to all of that I, I i don't know how it happened when when things like this happen right you know i know you very well but i'm just asking for like you know the general public when things like this happen to you right do you like does your mind go into like yo this is, could be nothing this could be everything you know does it does you know does your mind kind of go through this phase where you're kind of like this could change my whole career or th or you just like you know take it easy this could yeah, turn I mean, into I'm, nothing I'm very good at like managing my expectations right yeah, yeah, I was yeah. just kind of like it's very possible that they're just going to show the back of my ear <laughs> and yeah. and show my pinky scratching the record with like the Tiffany ring on it right I didn't think I was going to get that much airtime you know what I'm saying I didn't think I was going to be like quote unquote the co-star you know, the person having the interaction with Beyonce mm -hmm. in the commercial, uh, that was just like a great look. That's when it really hit me. Mm. You know what I mean? We spoke about that. I was like, yo, this is like, <sighs> he was like, oh, you know, he's being very like humble and like controlled and yeah. contained. And, and I was the one being like, yo, this is going to be the fucking craziest shit. This is like okay, crazy. Okay, but I want to know about Beyonce. <laughs> That's me. All right. That is, I want to know about Beyonce. I'll tell you, the, the one thing that I guess that I can say that's probably not governed by the NDA is she's super nice, so professional, the real deal. I mean, you know, some people just got it. And it's when you see her up close doing her thing, you just understand she makes people dream you know that like all the actors all the extras all the dancers they were not acting when they were hyping her up they were like genuinely hype you know what i'm saying she just has she's got that thing man i mean shout out to that team for actually like putting somebody who's a real dj in the commercial because they could have put an influencer i well, mean how many times do we watch a movie or a party scene in a club on a show and we see somebody in the DJ booth who's not even a real fucking DJ. You know what I mean? It's just a hired Even actor. the equipment, like, there's no plug. Exactly. Yeah. So literally, when I walked in, I was like, yo, let me just get to the booth. Because, you know, it's 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 a shoot. You, you got your set times. And when it's not your set time, you got to be off set, off camera, right? I was like, let me just get there like 30 minutes early. Let me look at the booth. And I just looked at it. And I was like, I'm going to fix this. I'm going to fix that. Because I don't want to get dragged on Twitter by the <laughs> DJ community. <laughs> You know, no, dead up because, uh, oh, the needle, the tone arm is up, right? Right. Yeah. It's not touching the vinyl. Or like, oh, what is this? This ground cable is just dangling. Mm -hmm. Or like, there's no levels hitting on the faders. Right, right. I made sure that there were levels hitting when, if. So even, you were consulting too. You were yeah. like DJ consulting as well for the. I think equipment. I can say this without, you know, yeah. <laughs> probably getting sued. Yeah. But yeah, I, I had him replace the mixer. When I got there, I was Fine. like. This is not the right mixer for this kind of experience. Studio 54, it was a very high uh, budget type of production. So within 30 minutes, they had like a fire rotary mixer. Oh, you know? And of course, you know, oh. I still, I plugged all the turntables in and anything that really didn't lead anywhere, like the master out, 
I made sure like those XLR cables were hidden. <laughs> Cause I was like, I'm not gonna get caught out there. You know what yeah. I mean? Yo, what did, what did your mom say? About what? About you being in the commercial. <laughs> she said, look at the way Beyonce looked at my son. Oh. <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's dope. That's dope. I love that. I, I love that, man. I texted MoMA yesterday's price is not today's price. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yo, the, the fact that somebody who's actually relevant and, you know, connected in the scene, yo, that is, that's a moment for all of us to be proud of, bro, because this is somebody who's actually outside. Yeah, it's not, yeah. it's not a retired old fart who's screaming on the radio. You know, it's somebody who's outside. Who are you talking about yeah. now? <laughs> that was, that was, that was, that was really fucking specific. Yeah, right? I know who I'm talking about. So is that all you can say about Beyonce? That's that's really. I mean, there was, and even if there's nothing else to say, she's just super professional, super nice. She pulled up, did her thing, then you know, and then and then bounced. And she floated away. Yeah, and she lit up the room. She lit up the room. You know what I'm saying? So so right now with everyday people, you guys are off season or you, you guys are ending your season, right, for everyday people? I think w you can say that we just kind of like ended the the northern hemisphere summer season, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, now we're we just did Atlanta. We're moving to Miami right. for Art yeah, Basel. When was the last time you was in Atlanta? Atlanta was three years. Three years. Yeah, it was three years. It was wow. amazing. Pre-pandemic, right? Yeah. yeah. Atlanta was amazing. So hopefully next year we're going to do it twice. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got Miami for Art Boswell, which I can't even talk about it, but we probably booked the biggest artists we've ever booked. Yeah, this Art Basel is going to be crazy for you guys. Art Basel is going to be insane. It's going to be insane. This is a very special year. I mean, like, I you know, I don't want to G you up, but this is a very, very special year. What do you mean? It's your you. best friend. G him up. Come on. No, but I'm saying, like, this is a very special year for you. Because you, you, the thing is, like, MoMA's not going to talk like this, but I have to talk like this because he's not going to talk like this. Does yeah. that make sense? So, like, this is a very special year for you guys. You know, and then after Art Basel... You know, I, I'm really excited to see what happens next year. Yeah, you know? and again, we're working on some big things. I really can't even talk about it. Right, right. But, you know, we just finished like a 10-year cycle, and the whole thing is you don't want to stagnate. And what I'm seeing right now is as we're starting the next 10-year cycle, because our crowd is weirdly the same age as when we started, you know? Wow. When we That's started, insane. our audience was like wow. 25, 26, 27. Now it's... It's between 25 and 30 still. Like, it barely aged, you know. So I was looking at the stats and the demographics, and I was telling my partners, hey, if we want to run this for another 10 years, we could probably do it, you know. Mm -hmm. Greatness. Uh, but we got some really exciting shit happening next year. And even before we get to that, we're going to Dubai for the first time. Crazy. Uh, we're going back to Johannesburg and Cape Town in December. And we're going to go to Accra and Ghana and Lagos in Nigeria for the first time. Oh, man. Damn, so. man. I'm really proud of you guys. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the whole team at uh, Everyday People. You Thank know, you, bro. Maine Sinclair. You know. Oh, and and, and um, you know, and before I get dragged on Twitter again, we're gonna go to Chicago, and and DC, and Houston, and you know, those are like the three main cities that we really didn't get to this year. Right, right. And it was just a lot of people on social media, like y'all not fucking with Chicago, y'all not fucking with DC. It's not. It's, that's not the case. It's just like it's a venue game. You know, we have to find the right venue 
for the right experience. But that's been the biggest struggle in the past yeah. like year or so is just finding venues. Like it's, even in LA. Yeah, it's finding venues, but when you find them, then you're like springboarded. You can do whatever right. you want. Like LA, once we found the Beehive, it's been crazy. Right. You know, we're, we're doing like double headers in LA. We'll LA, do Saturday L and Sunday. You were saying LA is almost a little, like almost bigger than New York, right? A little bit. I think in terms of visibility, LA is the flagship because LA has all the influencers. Yeah. Like every major TikToker, and, and, and that contributes to our crowd remaining young and getting younger, right? I mean, I don't know if I said it on the podcast before, but uh, some of these TikTokers have told us after they seen the party in LA, they were like, y'all should consider bringing this party to New York. It would do really well. <laughs> stupid. Wow. No, it's not even stupid. Like this is literally a 24 year old. Yeah. Right. You know, but even artistic thought, you know, like artistic thought you were from LA and the party was LA, you know, shout to artistic. And, and you, and, and that's, you know? the, that, that's the beauty of it. You right. Know? That's the beauty of it. Like, I want everyday it's a, people it's, it's actually a to belong to everyone. It's actually yeah. a compliment, isn't it? Yeah. That a local, like a local LA motherfucker, like artistic thought your New York African party was like just an irregular LA party, which was crazy, you know? I yeah, think it's dope. But it's not it's not an African party, right? It's it's a diaspora party. So we play I mean everything. It, 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 everyday people was like in, in when it started was like a New York African party. Right? It, it it wasn't. It no? wasn't. No, what happened was that you know, every like five to ten years there's like an event series or something that really benefits from a bunch of things that happen at the same time. You know, I always say like the do over was the Twitter party. Like the Duver popped off right when Twitter popped off and it just became the world's biggest party because all over Twitter, we came in right when Instagram popped off as well as kind of like the beginning of Afrobeats in the States. So those two things, they gave us a boost. And so we were known as the party that played Afrobeats. But if you go to everyday people, you, the predominant music being played is hip hop. You know, it's hip hop and R&B. It's probably 50% of the night. Mm. And then the other 50% is going to be dance hall, soca, Afro beats. I'm a piano now. You know what I mean? There's gospel being played these days. You know, there's like house music. The, you know, the doors that Beyonce has reopened. Like you could literally in prime time play Gypsy Woman, play Show Me Love. You know, if you want to let your nuts hang, you can play Brighter Days by Cashmere. Ooh. The crowd is rocking with it, you know. Follow me. Fo follow me for sure, you know, 100%. So I think it's it's a misnomer to call it an African party, mm -hmm. but it's correct to say that it's the first major party that kind of incorporated the African sound. You know what I mean? It's not only the African sound, though. It's 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 the crowd itself. It's, you know... You know, African people used to be incognito, right? Right. Before it was cool to be African, we would just assimilate, either pass for African-American or pass for Caribbean, right? And now that everybody has something to be super proud of, right, and they're waving their flags and Burna Boy and Davido, now you're seeing, you, there's the illusion of there being more African people, but they were always there. And instead of selling a genre, sell a feeling, Right. Right. And then when the sound change, when the artists change, when the errors change, it's as long still, as the feeling is the same. Yeah, it's still relevant. People, that feeling. Like, I think people still come to my shit 20 years later. 
because it's the same vibe. Right. Yeah, I think that's true. I think it really is about the feeling. But, yo, I'm glad you guys are here uh, for our five-year anniversary. So, actually, like, you know, Nudia and I, or actually more Nudia planned. Yeah, more Nudia. Nudia planned a whole bunch of activities for us to do. Yeah. Uh, These are going to be fine. These uh, are going to be fine. I'm not playing Twister with none of y'all. Nudia's over here getting pissed because she's just like, when are we going to get to our activities? (laughs) When are we going to get to the activities? We have a regimen and we're going off schedule here. Right. All right. All right. It's like a baby shower all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) She's like the baby shower planner right now. Okay. So, like, we have a couple of activities that we wanted to do. This is one of her ideas and I thought it was. Uh, interesting and I kind of wanted to check it out but she wanted us to listen to our very first episode ever <laughs> the first Ooh. not the whole thing the first two minutes of the, the first, first oh, no, the whole episode no, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but like they could commentate it you know when directors and stars watch the movie and they like talk about it so I went back and I listened to it one night when I couldn't sleep and I thought it was hilarious Run it's, it because it's so bad run it's it real good, I'm, you afraid. See, I'm afraid you to see everyone's this. personality already really okay all right, so this is. Right, welcome everybody to uh, the lunchroom special <laughs> yeah, with yeah. Jamie the Great. So we were gonna call Road Podcast Reflections of a DJ. We didn't know what we were gonna call the podcast. Yeah. So, all right. So we we let let let's start. I I talked to Jamie about starting a podcast, and I said, "Yo, D, never come and sit down." So we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. We so, we just told him show up on Monday or Tuesday and three Monday o'clock. at the warehouse. So yeah, we had a bunch of mics and and we were just like let's just see what happens. And I told him I'm not gonna start this podcast until we record six to eight episodes. And, and then like, being ten. And like we kind of figure out what it is. Yes. So even when we started recording, we didn't know what the name of the podcast was. We didn't know like what the like how it was gonna be organized or whatever the fuck it was gonna be. So yes. We were like at this point, we were like maybe thinking the lunchroom. I think we were like it was a lunch. So th- this is the first, very first podcast we did. The very first podcast we did, and I think we called it the lunchroom because I wanted this podcast to emulate the times when DJs, when we would like DJ, and at the end of the night we would go to a diner. Yes, and we would talk. At four or five a.m. at the end of the night. So this is this is a pilot episode. This yes, never aired. Yeah, never, no, it did air. It, it did air. air. Yeah. Okay. So when we launched the podcast, we had eight episodes already in the tank, and we released eight all at once. Um, and uh, yeah, so the, this was supposed to be like when DJs after their gig, when we all linked up and we just talked about our gigs and we complained about shit. Or there was no structure. Whatever. There was nothing. Yeah. <laughs> there's, say, there's, say the air date. This aired. What, September 17th? No, 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 no. I mean, we recorded 2017. Yeah, this is... Like, this, October. This is, like, the first, second week of October. Yeah. In 2017. In 2017. And this was at new in the office. I think. Yeah, this is in the back warehouse. Yeah. That's why it sounds so echoey. You're making it sound like it's called the lunchroom special. The lunchroom. The lunchroom, yeah. Okay, I'm Jamie the Great. <laughs> <laughs> to my the right. Lunchroom special. And then, for some reason, I thought Jamie would be the host. But he was horrible. It's eight line special. The episode's Macron, called like Trial and Error. The episode is Trial and Error. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's a special crew right it's now? Called, like, this is really bad. Like, do we have to listen to this? Yeah. Like, no, you you, you fucking up the branding, is what I'm saying. Let's <laughs> okay. call it like, yo, welcome to the lunchroom. We have a special episode. Okay. Sounds like someone's wearing a wire. <laughs> 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 By the way, I 
funny. We didn't use no headphones for the first like three or so. I forgot about that. So there's no headphones. So that's why it sounds so off. We weren't wearing Any headphones. Special? No. So wow. episodes. No. The first episode. It's special, B. So why is it special? Because it's, it's the first it's one. The first it's one. Not. It doesn't make any sense. Have said special. Should have just said. Should have said the lunch. To the lunchroom. <laughs> we'll edit this shit out. Don't worry about it. Relax, yo. Yeah. And it, this is an important thing. I have to let you guys know. <laughs> when we recorded this, I told Jamie. I said I cannot edit this because uh-huh. if I edit this, I will It'll never be done. I'll overanalyze <laughs> it, be and I will chop. <laughs> I will chop everything out. You yeah. don't even let that one go. I will chop every. I wouldn't have even left that in. I would have been like, I wouldn't have even. I would have been like, we can't air this. Yeah. So the first eight episodes, I listened to Jamie's dumbass on like, how does it sound? He's like, it's great. You know, it's like this episode's great. Like the episode, every episode we recorded was great, and I was just like, I knew if I listened to it, I would, I would have been like, no, there's no way we're, we're yeah. doing this. Yeah. The lunchroom special. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want to leave this whole shit out. You should. <laughs> Anyway, welcome to the lunchroom. So all, so all five viewers can watch this shit? No, we have more. <laughs> welcome to the lunchroom podcast with Jamie the Great. To my right, I have my host, my co-host. Yeah, introduce yourself. Yes, uh, Crooked. <laughs> Yo, we sound so young. And then to his right, we have the great. Never. And then you're, you're a horrible host. By the I, way. No, that's right. I, I never took on that job. You know, like one of these episodes, I'm, I sh- we should have like one of you guys. We, like, we talked about this lead, before. Well, D-Miles used to be the one and then you took over. I used to do the intro. Said, yeah. We used to like do something weird and then it got on my nerves, right? I think I was like giving people nicknames and shit. Yeah. And then he would say. Uh, like I would call Never the Black Panda. <laughs> And I'll call you Korean blow. And I like, think, yo, stop this shit. I think the way you introed it, you just sounded too radio. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, it was yeah. Like, <laughs> and I was like, nah, this motherfucker makes it sound like, like we're on power he'll, one he'll be or like, August 24th. How you guys doing? Oh, yeah. I used to say the date and all that shit. He was like, nah, this is too. <laughs> holla, holla, holla. Welcome to Reflections of a DJ the Road Podcast. That's why he lost his job. Yeah. Road podcast in Las Vegas, recording live with my. We don't need to like explain where motherfuckers are from and everything. I mean, we'll kind of get into it because fuck, it's the first one. So, I mean, you're from New York, from New York, from the Bronx. Nev's from. He's the OG. Boogie down. BX. Did you know uh, DJ Coolheart or (laughs) not? My God, so bad. But that's when that's, that's when Jamie first met Never, right? So he didn't. Yo, that was the first time he never ever yeah. spoke. Yeah. Yo, it was, yeah. <laughs> I'm amazed this shit is still up on Spotify and iTunes and all of that. Yo, you know, you know, you know, there's a comment here. Comments, this comment's amazing. This comment's like, it's dope listening to this shit and seeing how far the podcast has come. You know what's crazy? It's a backhanded a compliment. A lot of people I talk to, they tell me they go back and listen to those early ones just to like see the progression. A lot of people really? tell me that. And I'm like, really? You like listen to that shit? It's like, yeah, like it's kind of ill to see the progression that you guys. It was so bad. This is really bad. <laughs> For my time, my older sisters used to like go to their parties. That's fucking sick. For back in the days. <laughs> Crooked's from, where you from? Crooked? I'm from New York. But me and him, we, you know, we moved to Vegas. That's cute. You've been here, what, 14 years? <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, 15. 15? Yeah. yeah. All right. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> what year did you move here, Cricket? 2005. And I could stop this yeah, right now, right? Right? Okay. 
<laughs> Holy shit. You said two minutes, you're going to leave. He starts completely like taking over the podcast. Who? You. You had to. You I had to. Don't you hear this shit? That was painful. It was painful. That was painful. Imagine listening to this at 2 a.m. I was like, they have to listen to this shit. Jamie's like, hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm with, yeah, introduce yourself. Hey, we've come a long way, baby. Five years. Oh my god, that's hilarious. I'm proud of you guys. I'm I'm very proud of you I'm guys. Actually, like, you starting to sweat? Yeah, because I'm like, because <laughs> <laughs> like typically I would have never let this. I would have if I was in control. I would have never let this out. That was like a real social experiment, though. Like, it was fun. That was like I never listened to I never listened to any of the podcasts after we record them. So hearing that is just insane to me. Of course you don't. Yo, Momo looks like a disappointed dad right now. Yo, Momo looks so disappointed. You didn't listen to any of these though, right? Nah, he came in. I think he started nah, listening I after think his. When was, uh, I think maybe Rock the Con was one of the first ones? Ross. No, Ross. Ross won. I listened to Ross. You know what? Big shout out to Ross won. Because, Ross was good though. Yeah, but Ross won is, he was our second episode. So Ross won, not even knowing what we had. Or how bad it was. <laughs> Sat down with us and recorded. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah so but like, did y'all know y'all, y'all were going to be here? Like y'all were going to get th- to five years? Hell no. Hell no. Not that time. No way. I mean, I just think it's crazy that even you, Mo, you guys sat down with me. Like not even knowing what this would like, like how the episode would come out. It's Mo- it is kind of crazy. Even though Moma, like, Moma was episode- he fucking he co-directs and edits everything that he does. <laughs> no, he does. Trust me, Mo. He, he be he be editing his episodes with me and shit. Yeah. But what I was gonna say about Mo, Mo was like episode 17, 18? Yeah, like he was early on. We just he sat down with us, and so was Scooter, um, the captains. They all just sat. That's down That's just with a us. testament to like. Real like, friendship, actual friendship <laughs> yeah. with yeah. the DJs to sit down with us and to talk when it was this bad. It's, and 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 Momo was one of our first like little viral moments when he spoke about uh, Mace potentially writing allegedly uh, Biggie's flow. Oh yes, and that shit went viral. Well, and then Goldfinger was pissed off. Right? Oh man, I had a target on my back in Brooklyn. Yo. <laughs> I couldn't go to Bed-Stuy for like a month. And you know yeah. what's the crazy shit when you when we talked about it and we were and I was like, you know, Mo, you said that you know Biggie's verse and More Money, More Problems was written by Mace. You were so arrogant about. <laughs> About the way you talked about it. you, I was like, trying to sell it. You yeah, were yeah. like this. You were like this. Of course, <laughs> of course. Of course. Come on. <laughs> the, the funny part is that he was so sure. He was like, "Ah, oh, come on, you you know, you know, like come on, correct. yeah." But I'm still I'm still convinced. You know what Yo, I'm saying? Still, I'm still convinced. It's, it's funny because he started flowing like M O like uh, B I G G. He started doing the whole thing. No info for the D A federal agents mad because I'm flagrant. And the phone in the basement. <laughs> not, not, but before, yeah, I don't think I don't really think DJs had a platform like this. No, there was, um, there was Cipher Sounds and, uh, and Bo- yeah, Bo- but that's Juan Epstein. That's very different. That's very yeah. It, that's it was more like, like music and culture, right? Yeah. Right. This it, is like some working DJ shit, right? You know? yeah, yeah, and yeah. that was and that was Cricket's whole like fucking vision about the working DJ being represented. Like well, you you know what it was? It was that I was getting older and I was looking at other DJs and I was like. Wow, like Eleven has a mixtape legacy. I'm like, MoMA has the good spot and everyday people. And like, I'm looking at all these DJs and they have this resume. 
And I'm like, I don't have anything on paper that shows that I was a DJ for 20 years or 15 years because I was just working in clubs. So like, what do I have? Do I make a website with all the flyers that I was on <laughs> and just like, you know, show the flyers? So like in my head, I was like, there's nothing that's telling my story because they're only telling the stories of like, I don't know, big DJs or big superstars. Yeah. And there's no one telling the perspective of the working DJ. And I was like, all I know are working DJs. So I could, you know, I could interview all these people and we could, I could highlight MoMA, I could highlight Ross, I could highlight Rathacon's story, you know, like all these DJs that nobody kind of would have known about in the 2000s. And they were, and they influenced like so much of everyone's DJ style. Yeah. Like the 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 West Coast DJs that you hear now, like they yes. were influenced by like a lot of a lot of different East Coast, East Coast. Miami, New York DJs. Yeah. South, everywhere. Yeah. But the, but there's also a ton of like New York DJs that were influenced by West Coast DJs. So like a lot of people don't know this shit, you know what I mean? So I thought it was important at that time, but that's why I did it just so people could know that there was all these stories and all these important people pushing the needle on the culture that they wouldn't know about. And it's not like, I don't know, it's not only like Diplo and Mark Ronson and like these superstars and DJ AM. There's like all of these, you know, these these real working DJs that were not in the spotlight that that made everything happen. Um, Bro, honestly, I got to give y'all props for the consistency because without the consistency, we wouldn't <laughs> be here. Thanks. Because y'all seen where y'all started, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, cr it's crazy. So that's, that's, that's like one thing that I always try to tell to anybody that's up and coming in any era, any discipline. Yeah, it's cool to be dope or cool or to have the clout. But you gotta be consistent. Consistent. Mm -hmm. Like y'all never missed a week. I think maybe there was like there was one week where y'all didn't post nothing. You was in New York. I think there was like a, a few weeks. No, it was, it's it's been it's been maybe two weeks at most. Yeah. But it was like there was just but over the course of five years, right? Yes. Yeah. But that's it, crazy. Right. But even like weeks that we wanted to take off or a month that we wanted to take off, Nudia would do the best stuff or we or we start taking uh initiative with things like that. But for the first, I want to say fuck, even during the pandemic, uh, Cricket was like, we're not stopping. We're going to figure this shit out one way or another. And she was that shit was a hard, hard time. That was the worst time. That was the worst for time. For me, that was the worst time. It was, it was really hard. But y'all were doing a community service because it was great for us because we was looking forward to it. I don't know. You know it on was, Wednesdays. It was so defeating recording episodes during the pandemic because our numbers were down. It was, but it was every fun. everyone's numbers were down in streaming. It had to do with driving and commuting. Exactly. And all but yeah. it was defeating because every week we were re re releasing an episode and our numbers were going down. And I'm like, what's the fucking, you know, they, in your head, you're like, what's the point? Maybe we should just stop. And then you're just kind of like, no, let's keep going. But there's so many times during the pandemic where I'm like, what's the point? Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm, I'm on Zooms and we're trying to figure out the episodes with Zooms and like, let, you know, and then thank God for like motherfuckers like Four Color Zach or Jay Espinosa, all these DJs that would hop on Zooms with us. Yeah, I mean, I guess these motherfuckers weren't doing anything either, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was like you know, thank God for these motherfuckers to come on and and just like you know, fuck with us. Even Lil John, us. man. Lil Even Lil John came on DJ Puff, crazy time, John. Puffy. Yeah, yeah. I mean all that that time, like like let me hear y'all DJ. You know what I mean? Because. Uh, Y'all were all traveling at the time, so I heard you DJ once in Atlantic City. I never heard never DJ. Yeah, yeah. I never heard D DJ. I never heard Jamie. So like you guys were kind of like promoting your Twitch 
or whatever. And I would like I would dead ass like stay up because remember I'm in New York. I'm three hours behind. So I would stay back. I would stay up to to see y'all. Really? Yeah. Would, even even that, like, yeah. fuck the Twitch era was insane because we just had we, we didn't even know what we were doing. We we're just trying to figure out every fucking week, right? Coming up with potential battles and all this shit. And I look back, I'm like, man, we just <laughs> and editing the battles with instrumentals because yes. of the copyright. <laughs> like, oh my god, re-uploading shit, uploading shit, testing shit. Like even I, trying new audio shit, it was it was it the, was a hard fucking year. trying times. The trying amount times. of work we did during the pandemic that twenty twenty year, uh, it was just like really defeating. I think that was the most uh, distant we were with each other. Yeah, I think that's when we almost like really ended the podcast. Yeah, there was one time uh, Cricket was like, "I don't know, you fucking figure it out," and he hung up on me. I'm like, "Damn, this shit, I I gotta give him some space, but." I can't let him just dip on me and dip on the whole situation because it was it was tough. It was mental draining for him because he had to deal with three other personalities and try to, you know, everything's happening at that time. The well, like the climate, the yeah. climate was Never was going through a shit. Times. D was going through a shit. Jamie was going through a shit. And I'm trying to keep all of us together. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I have to approach never a certain way, D a certain way. D's going through something. He's, and I'm trying to, like, keep everyone together and, like, keep it motivated. And meanwhile, there's, like, literally no... Return, but are you also you know? going through some shit yourself? One hundred percent. I mean, yeah. they I mean, 100%. I feel like they're because <laughs> you're making it seem like they go through no, some I, shit. Yeah, well, they both kind of had a really. I mean, this was my shit. Was dealing with was keeping all these motherfuckers together. Yeah, keeping that was the thing that stressed me out. Was keeping these motherfuckers together, like focus and stuff. But there, there was some trial times for all, all yeah. four of us and shit during that whole time. Yeah, the but, I hated the pandemic. Yeah, none of us are seeing our families. Like it was just and weird. Then Neva and Dee had like a really like bad passing in their families and stuff like right. that. And they were dealing through that shit. And it went from the passing boom right into the fucking you know the quarantine shit. And it's like you don't know what the no fuck's one's happening. working. No one's working. You know, How we gonna do this shit? Everyone's savings is going out and blah 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 whatever. You know, but my my biggest worry was this keeping everyone together and then. Like kind of, you know, at certain points there was a point where D didn't want to be involved and, yeah. you know, Neville was frustrated and he was going through his shit and Jamie was being frustrating too. So I was just like at a wit's end. I was like, why am I working so hard to keep everyone together to do this podcast when nobody in the podcast cares? Yeah, but I learned so much off of this podcast. I mean, so shit. much. Like me, me being a working DJ in New York, like working so much, I, I don't get to travel much, you know? So and a lot of DJs, a lot of dope DJs from the West Coast don't play in New York. Mm. A lot, actually, a lot of DJs don't play in New York. Like, obviously, I ran into Five, Eric Deluxe, all those guys. Yeah, yeah. But you guys put me onto so many fucking dope DJs that I'm like, yo, this is fire. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have, I would have, ne I would have never known Exile. I would have never known uh, who's homie the the Forty Niners DJ. Dynamic. 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 I would have never known him. You know what I mean? And I really appreciate those dudes because they're pushing the Latino culture crazy on the West Coast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really, and, and I'm so grateful for y'all to put me on to those guys, pause, because they're, they're really on their P's and Q's when it comes to this shit, you know? Yeah. JQ as well, you know? So, real talk, as I, you know, as somebody who's very closed in and very sheltered, thank y'all, real talk. Cause you were just shitting on West Coast. Now you're <laughs> shit now. I'm here. I'm here. To, I'm the glue. I'm here to. I'm here to bridge the, the bridge. gap. We the glue, motherfucker. I'm here to bridge the gap. We the glue. No, but you, y'all really are the glue because y'all also created like a, a rapport between DJs who don't know each other. Mm. I don't even remember the names of the DJs, but 
there was the one homegirl who was like a foster parent. Tina T. Oh, oh my God, that episode was amazing. And I, Thanks. you know, and I just felt like I'm, I'm not a foster parent or a foster child, but I felt like her story was so powerful and I felt like I knew her. And then there was the other homie um, from the DMV who does the weddings, Asian dude. Uh, flips. flips, DJ Flips. So I bumped into him, met him in DC, and he was like, "Yo, he's like, I listened to your episode." I was like, "Oh shit, you're the wedding guy. I listened to your episode." Yeah. And we like <laughs> immediately clicked up, you know, and started rapping that night. So there's beyond, you know, what the podcast means to y'all and means to like the individual DJs. Y'all are actually connecting people facts. in different cities and states. You know, that's good to hear. It's funny. I never yeah. thought of it that's a fact. like that. But, yeah, thank you. I mean, I wouldn't have met none of y'all. Know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't take Nev. it all the credit. <laughs> you, you're welcome, Nev. Hey. He was like, he was like, I never thought of that, but thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this award and uh, <laughs> we're like, hey, thank, we want thank God. He's like the dude at the Academy Award that doesn't let anyone else speak. He just does a speech. He's like, I, I love you, mom. And thank you. And then the music starts. We're like, wait, wait, we God, wanted to God thank bless. our mom. God bless. <laughs> we're gonna be here with Hey yo, so Nudia wants to do uh, like a, another activity, right? Another activity. And, and then Momo, with the help of you, of course. <laughs> That's right. You're going to help us out a little bit. So we're going to do, I don't know, like, what is this? You got these questions from Newlywed Game or the, the dating game? Oh, yeah. To see, like, how well y'all know each other. I guess this is meant for couples to see, like, it's about, you know, y'all are, like, in a relationship before y'all. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like. Here we go. This is like the uh, road dating game, like the newlywed game. <laughs> Welcome to. This is like the wrong music for yeah. this, right? Welcome to Road Podcast Carpool. <laughs> so, so Momo, you're gonna ask all four of us, right? D, yeah. Neva, me, and Jamie. You're gonna ask uh, all of us questions, and I think it has to do with like it's a mix of questions. About like you know how well we know each other, the history of the podcast. Yeah, I was gonna say uh, all these five years. It's all it's all worked for this moment. All right, let's let's go. Let's see how good or bad this is gonna go. All right, <laughs> all are right, we keeping right. a point count? Okay, let's do it. What's good? What's good? What's good? Welcome to the Road Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm your host DJ Moma. I got my co-host Marty Rock, uh, and we're gonna ask some questions um, of the homies of the legendary Road Podcast. D Miles, you ready? Let's do it. Never. Yep. Crooked. I'm ready. Jamie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. In one word, describe what you thought of your co-host when you first met them. Mm. This is a question for everybody or just D Miles? I think it's for everybody. Okay. Miles, why don't you go first? Ooh, uh I met let me see. Jamie, I thought he was like uh In one word. Okay. So give me Jamie. Okay, okay, give okay. Me I Jamie just in one word. words. Uh shy. Crooked, um, hustler, Nev, uh, Bronx, <laughs> BX, just Bronx. He was fire. He was just so Bronx and just so his New York accent. I never really met any, dude, any dudes from like that from New York, so he was just he just exuded that energy. That's right. That's a yeah. rapid round. I like it. I never one word describe what you thought of your co-host when you first met him. Starting with who? Start with D Miles. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Jamie, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to explain that, though. 
Yeah, but why, no, but why do you? I think that, it's, no, because it's great because these guys the never kind of hated Jamie in the first six months. <laughs> yeah, yeah, first months he hated the shit. And it's me. all because Jamie made a, a joke about never. Yeah. He was like, it, what was it? I, I think it, it, it was a, it was continuously it was a continuous about joke. my age. I kept calling him old or something. Like, yeah, yeah, and it's like, I don't even know this guy. He's joking with me like <laughs> yeah. this. Who the fuck is he? Yeah, because we're on the podcast and he's like, oh man, you old and shit. Says, like, yeah. I said mean, <laughs> some shit that if you listen to the, <laughs> if you listen to the first episode, I, I said, was you cool with DJ Cool Herc and them? <laughs> that tells you, like, I think you earned that title of an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I'm a piece now, of shit, but now we're best of, friends. So, what did you think of Crooked when you first met him? But y'all met in New York, right? You right. Met in New At York. light, yeah. I can't think of one word, but I just know he was. Oh man, hmm, what, what can I say? Careful, Asian, <laughs> <laughs> an Asian hip hop DJ. <laughs> first of his kind, rare. Like the first thing I thought of was four chicken wings, pork fried rice. <laughs> Yo, Nev, how, how long have you known this dude? Twenty plus years? Yeah, crazy. It's over. It's kind of it's kind of hard. <laughs> so come on, no, man. No, you, you honestly, got, give me I one word. You tell him. You can tell you him. You know, what? I word. thought he was. Honestly, I thought he was like a. He was quiet. Mm. Yo, that is the last fucking thing I'd associate exactly. with. Yeah, exactly. I see it. Because the first time I saw him was he was DJing at light. What did you it, think of me DJing? I thought you was good. It was like solid. Yeah, everybody was, everybody was like, yo, you got to listen to this new DJ. We got this guy, Crooked. He's really good, man. You'll like him. Oh, so he was like ready to hate a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right? he was ready for the hate. No, no, not at all. Nah. A little bit. I, I like know never. Who was this I was, motherfucker? I was, nah. He's taking my crown. <laughs> trying to take my shit, right? <laughs> trying to take my shit. PX. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay, Crooked. All right, me? No, no, Jamie, Jamie. Oh, my One word. Three? One word for D-Miles. Uh, super cool. Like, he was cool as fuck to me. Like, no other, and then never, man. Like he had no, 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 no. Real shit, real shit. Relax, relax. Don't, don't make me take off your mic. Uh, never was like just full of not like knowledge. Like he was just very <laughs> wisdom, knowledge, wisdom. He saw you and thought knowledge. Yeah, no. Yo, this is how- this is called he's spin. Old. He's been around for years. He, he, was, he must spin. know. No, no, no. He knew cool hurt. He was like KRS. No, dead up. In PR, you would call this spin, right? Nah, he was just accused him of being old, and then you spun it. <laughs> Why? He's being real LA right now. Yeah, yeah. You're being real LA. No, no. He was just, he, he knew a lot about a lot of shit. Right. Yeah. And he was, he he displayed that shit early on in okay, our friendship. Okay, okay. So I was just like, knowledge. Uh, Crooked just misunderstood. Misunderstood. Yeah. Like, Whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> like people didn't understand. Like you're, you're like it's as if you were speaking a foreign language to a lot of people. So it was like people just misunderstood you. So like, like they, they thought I was an asshole, but I'm not really yeah, an yeah, asshole. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So you were just misunderstood. I was just like this guy. Like he's far ahead of. Was it widely known that I was an asshole? No, it's your tone. Just really? like you misunderstood me. No, <laughs> talking about. I know, I know you. Check no, your no, tone. No. Check Bang. your tone. No, I know you Bang. too well. Is the problem? You're like, Talk to me nice. Talk to I know me you nice. too well. That's why I had to start. Like, watch your tone because <laughs> if I don't check him now, it's gonna go up another level, and it's gonna go don't up worry, another level. I'm not level. snuffing anybody here. I promise. <laughs> Yo, I, we got to talk about yes, that before we, we end. Yes, we do. Uh, for me, D Miles, I, f- I felt like he was like solid. Like dependable, like just dependable and solid. And I knew him from Tower's opening. He was just always there, great opener, always like professional and solid and dependable. Tim Duncan. 
Yes. There you go. I'll take that. I like that. Big Timmy. Uh, Big Jamie, fundamental. Jamie, one word, goofy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I take that. Because I think I met you, I think you were there at uh, Playhouse. Yeah. And you were there like, hey, like I came here to watch you. And I'm just like, I Playhouse in LA? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. And I was like 20, and he, and 21, 22. And he just stood in like at one section of the club alone and just watched me. And I was like, damn, who's this goofy motherfucker like just watching? <laughs> nah, I was with a chick. But yeah, sure. I was by myself. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, he was with a chick. Okay. No, I have pictures kidding. of the night. No, I'm kidding. You got pictures? Yeah. Okay, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So what I thought about knowledge over here. <laughs> knowledge wisdom. <laughs> knowledge, Allah, knowledge, knowledge. Uh, one word, Allah, knowledge. <laughs> five percent. Uh, peace to the, peace to the gods. Good God. I don't, uh, you know, like I don't know, like I saw him, like, like a like a big brother teacher figure. You know, like I wanted to be where Neville was at. Yep. So when I first met him, I was like, that's where I want to be at. You know, you when you want to take my spot. No. <laughs> yeah, but he had the platinum chain, No, no, like, you know, he had a residency. Before the platinum chain. No, no, like, he, he had a residency. He had, like, Calzone cases for his records. You know, and I was like, this is established. You know, established, maybe. That's another word I would inspirational. say. Inspirational. Yeah, you were like, he was like, I want to be where he is. Like, he was goals. He was inspiration. He was goals. He was goals. He was. Yeah, when I first met him. All right, we got a few more questions to get through. I'm going to keep it pushing, right? Yeah, yeah. If you needed a lift, a ride home, a ride anywhere at 3 a.m., which one of your co-hosts would you call? Well, seeing as though Crooked and Never Don't Drive. <laughs> no, let's just say everyone had cars. They, oh, okay. Everyone has cars. Like, this is this is no, more about no, this is more like dependable. Who's okay. there if you need yeah. to cross somebody at 3 a.m.? Who's going to answer your call at 3 a.m. and like, you know, give you a ride? It would be a toss. Oh, that's tough. I, I would go with Crooked. Yeah, because sure. I, I know he we be on the same. Uh, Jamie goes to bed early. Jamie don't be out like that. So I know you'll get a chance at four thirty in the morning. Crooked gonna be up because he on the same time time as me. So I'm not gonna kick Crooked. He, he gonna have my back. All right, never. Jamie, <laughs> because he's done it before. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there. Made my yeah. my guy some soup, man. Exactly, man. So yeah, I'll say Jamie. How about Jamie? How about you? Uh, yeah, I definitely have to go with Crook. Like, if I need something, I mean, it's been in the past where I've, I've sh fucking stressed out and I panic, I need to call somebody, I, I've called Crook, so yeah. So Crooked. I wouldn't call none of these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta pick one. You gotta pick one. <laughs> I know never ain't gonna pick up at 3 a.m. No. <laughs> D might be up. He might not. I don't know. It's a toss-up between Jamie and D. Uh, but yeah, I don't know, man. Pick one. You gotta pick one. <laughs> they both picked you. Yeah, maybe, maybe Jamie. I don't know D. Like I've, I've Damn, hit him D, up at certain hurt? times. You I've, know, here's, I've, the, here's the thing. I, I, my vouch is that I've never missed a call for the five years. I've never missed any of his calls. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hit him up. But like I'll, I'll hit D up, and he'll just disappear sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you kind of a mysterious even, motherfucker. Even in person, yeah. he, he disappeared. Yeah. Wait, Jamie, do you have Crooked on emergency bypass? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> One thousand percent. Love. My yeah. shit's on do not disturb. Fire. My guys get through. That, that shit rings. You, you guys are pretty dependable, but there's times where 
D will disappear. Yeah. Even doing, in person. Doing D shit. Yo, I don't know what it is. at the party, keep an eye on D. Yeah. Just keep tapping. Like on he'll dis- like he'll, you know, he, he'll disappear been, and come back. Yeah. Body There's been D. times where we're, yeah. we have an event and he's like, I'll be right back. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> he did it. He, he did it in Austin. The Irish goodbye. The Irish Which is goodbye. crazy. <laughs> Yo, he didn't mid. I don't. Like, I don't ask where he's going. He's just like he didn't mid right set. He's like, "Yo, I'll be back." I'm like, yeah. "Yo, you going on in the next hour? I'll be back." I'll yeah. be back. Right. <laughs> comes Dude, back shit. a little huffing and puffing. Comes, comes back though. He comes back, but he's there. <laughs> so, yo, everybody voted either for Crooked or Jamie. Yeah, that, you guys much. are tied yeah. two and two votes. So, because uh, we're losers, big up, big up. <laughs> we're too fucking nice, is what it is. All right, uh, moving on. Um, if your sister was to marry one of your co-hosts, she has to marry one of the co-hosts. Which one would you co-sign? Oh my god, uh, Crook. <laughs> Crook. <Yeah. laughs> this might be like the ride home at three a.m. <laughs> <laughs> Who you got, Nev? Definitely not D. <laughs> Thotty D. <laughs> so it's between these two guys, Jamie and Crooked. Um, you know what? I would say Jamie. Oh, nice. this is this is running the same way as the three a.m. facts. I, I I would say Crook. You know what? Wait, wait. Can I go back to before? You no, know what? Only reason I would say Jamie because. When I first met Cricket, I would say Cricket, but since I get got to know him over the past <laughs> couple of years, I'm like, nah. The narratives have changed. Let's go, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll go Cricket because I I know my sister will be taken care of for sure. Mm, so yeah, good. I'll go with Crook. Uh, <laughs> Crook is once favorite. again with the three AM, I wouldn't pick none of these motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if I had to pick. You know what? I think I picked D. Because I think Oh fuck. No, no, no. no. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think I think if D D, you know, I think if he found the right one, mm-hmm. which would be my sister, mm-hmm. and he knows me, he knows not to fuck around. <laughs> so I respect he'd be ghosting you. Yeah, but no, person. no, out of respect for me, he would know, like, he would have to act a certain way. You know yeah. what's funny? When I saw this question, I thought D too. Cause like, I mean, like, I feel like Exactly. When he finds the right person, he's gonna be like the best partner ever. I Just appreciate that. Haven't found the right person yet. <laughs> yeah, There's maybe, too many. There's too may, many. You know, maybe I'm like one of these motherfuckers where like, oh, he could change. You know, he gonna change. <laughs> 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 but I think like he knows like if he did some shit to my sister and I found out, he would have to like talk to me, and I think that would be like a. That would be a disappointing conversation, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so I would trust D. All right, well, the conclusion is nobody wants their sister to marry never. That's fucked up. up, Um, Next question. Did you ever have any regrets working on the podcast? D. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Just because I briefly, I think we talked about it last year, but I didn't didn't know where I stood or where where I fit in. I remember that. So I, I struggled for a long time trying to figure that out. And it it like uh, exuded in the way I was um, being on the podcast, but now I'm in like a great comfort, and we're in a great space, all of us. I feel, and um, every I look forward to it. You know what I mean? Like it, I love it. It's That's funny. It's funny because like months after, you know, you feeling like you didn't you wouldn't have a place or a voice on the podcast, you had like one of the more standout voices. 
and you were like holding down some of the podcasts. Like I remember Nudia would like review some of the episodes. She's like, D really saved the, this episode, you know? Yeah. And shit like that. Um, That's crazy. But to, he, you yeah. know, yeah, I mean, I I I think to be honest with you guys, wait, what is what but are you are you still answering on behalf of D? <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> no, no, no. I want to. I want to just double down on you. Like uh-huh. you said, like you saying, like you're you're in a good place with the podcast. Yeah. I honestly feel that we're all finally approaching recording, and like we're having fun. Yes. You know, and and, and that's that's something maybe we were struggling with maybe a year ago. Mm-hmm. Maybe but I feel longer. maybe longer than that. But yeah. I feel like we're finally in a place where we 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 look forward to recording. It's like the easiest thing. Yeah. Now it's like easy. I don't Yo, know, bro. But you no. don't think it's like therapeutic for y'all? One hundred percent. Like therapeutic because we wouldn't be meeting up and talking to each other. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's kind of therapeutic, right? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. 100%. And then plus, there's like a good forty five minutes or an hour where we all catch up. Right. You know, we're setting up the mics and we're catching up. Right. And that's like so. When I watch these motherfuckers, I like, I'm like, wow, this is really important that we meet like mm-hmm. this, you know? Yeah. Um, but go ahead, yeah. Sorry. That's fire. So, yeah. Uh, that was my answer, though. Facts. Yeah. Never. Do you have ever have any regrets working on the podcast? Mm. <laughs> you ain't regret telling. <laughs> no, nah, you know what? No, no. I've, yeah, I've never only, heard never moan. The only, the, the only, <laughs> the only, the only time, I, only time I have regrets was during the pandemic. Yeah. That was about it. Other than that, no, never had any regrets about doing the. What was the regret during the pandemic? It was just so much work. It was a lot, and it was just like a hard time at the yeah. time. It was like going through a lot of shit. Just but like, I mean, a lot of people were depressed, and when you're depressed, you just don't want to do shit. You yeah, know? exactly. A lot of people felt feelings of depression and mm-hmm. and stress and anxiety. So I, I believe that. Um, Jamie. Jamie. Damn. Uh, no, no regrets, but definitely some hard times that made me question myself and where I stood in the podcast. Something like 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 D, uh, more so that I think approaching the podcast, trying to find your voice and try to find your your footing, I think that's the toughest part because it's so many people listen and then they have a perception of you, and sometimes people think like Kirk, like people don't approach him as they should. They'll listen to him for hours and hours, but if we're out, they're like, "Yo, you already fuck with the podcast." You tell Crooked that I'm like, well, he's standing right next to me, <laughs> and that's the that's the like the thing. Like, it's just like some of us get approached differently, but try to find your footing and and who you are in the whole situation. Even me, like, I'm the youngest one, and I'm kind of coming in the rookie. Like, I'm a I'm a younger demographic. Hey, stop playing the age card, all right? <laughs> no, you need, you need to retire. He's now. not that's, that he's not that young anymore. No ages, <laughs> ages, right? No ages. I'm, 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 <laughs> No discrimination. It's a safe space. Can I tell you something? A funny thing about him is there was a point where, like, in the beginning of the podcast, we were we were just like we were dogging on you, right? Yeah. Like I was, I was just for like the first two years, I was cracking on him nonstop. Like, and he was like, he he would come to me. He's like, I think there was a point you came to me. You're like, I came to all of you guys. Like, every no one respects me, man. I'm just like the butt of the joke. Like, I'm just like, I'm I'm the jester. I'm the I'm the clown of the show. And I'm like, yo, don't worry. Like, you're young. Like, you're going to, you're going to, everything you say. Was it kind of like hazing? A little bit. Yeah. It's like, because the the thing is this, is like, you know, he has like um, a brief history with DJing. But the thing is, when he came to the podcast, 
He's speaking like he knew about DJing and clubs. Well, he was, he was probably more lit than y'all when because you, you you had your sneaker thing going on, right? right? Yeah, so I come from So like, in terms of like technically in terms of clout or whatnot, he was more lit than all of y'all. So but I, he was the most junior as a DJ. Yeah. Right. And I came, I came from a world where I was champion and praise and all this shit. Then just the button of the joke is like, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. So it was like a wake up call, but it's also their culture when they're from. You got to remember they're from New York. So no, this, this is, is everybody. Bro. This no, is listeners. This is, no, but, <laughs> but no, no. Everyone was leaving comments like Jamie needs to go. Yeah, like they oh, were like, wow. we hate Jamie. <laughs> like people, oh, like, wow. like this podcast is dope, but whoever that that dude Jamie is, he needs oh, to go. Yeah. So he was feeling like shit. And because we were clowning on him. And it was not just Instagram yeah. comments. It was Instagram comments. It was just like SoundCloud comments. SoundCloud comments. <laughs> podcast. Like Apple Podcast reviews was like one, five stars. And the last two sentences was like, we should really get rid of this guy. You know? yeah. just, That's terrible. And I remember I told you, I told you this. I said, yo, everyone that hates you now is going to love you in like the next couple of years. He's like, no, you're not crooked. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> now he's like the most lovable motherfucker. You're the most likable motherfucker on the whole podcast now. Yeah. No, but it was, I'm telling you that there was- Like you talk to him, Mo. You talk to him sometimes more than- Yo, for me. whatever it's worth, I thought you was likable from the jump. All right? <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Great spin. Great Kirby, <laughs> uh, was gonna say no, but that was the biggest struggle. I think just finding my identity through all the shit. But it was never a regret. Like them long nights, uh, me crooked yelling at each other over a fucking uh, uh, episode name title and fucking up here and there. It was just never like I never was like, no, nah, fuck this shit. It was more so like I need to go through this. this is a learning experience of what I needed. Just learn from this motherfucker. And from everybody in the podcast. No, but just know these two New York guys cutting your ass is a term of endearment. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm dead ass. <laughs> because if somebody else would have tried to come and do that, they 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 were gonna be the first ones to have your back. Oh no, ne- never, I mean? never. I don't know about that, but somebody somebody was coming like leave, making comments in front of Never not too long ago. Never was like, yo, I got fucking pissed off. I almost told yeah. this motherfucker shit. Is I was just like, hey, yo. It's, it's funny. Like people would like I would clown him on the episodes, and then they would DM. Me, like yo, like what a fucking idiot! Like they would DM me that shit, and I was like, nah, he's not an idiot. It's like I'm, we only could talk shit about him, but yeah. outside, hours. <laughs> you a bit of chill. He's an hour idiot. <laughs> All right, crooked. Uh, uh, any regrets working on the podcast? I think this year I was at a uh, a crossroads. Yeah, we would. Yeah, and then I was like, because I was struggling to find a video editor, but once I found a video editor, shout out Alex. Alex. Um, he's, I'm beyond amazing. We communicate really great now. We've been working with him like four months or five Six months? months. Six months. It's a godsend. I don't. Hey, y'all really leveled up with the videos, man. Yeah, yeah. I really I, leveled like, up. It was just so much work on me and Jamie's, like you know, on our shoulders. And I even had a conversation with DJ Sitting. I was like, I don't know how long we can keep doing this. Yeah. And I like we. I love doing this, but it's like it's too much work. Mm. And I started having regret because I'm like, wow, we're about to approach five years. Should I end it at five years? And then my regret was like, I wasted five years. We were, we were going to cap it at 250. Yeah. So I was like, I wasted five years of my life doing this podcast and I'm about to end it. I'm like, dude, what, how, you got to figure this out. You have to figure this out and like keep it going because it's like you just wasted five years. So I, I, I was battling a lot of regret at that time, but it, it ended up working out. 
for the not best. for nothing. Even Nudia helped us out along. Nudia was a godsend. Nah, yeah. she helped us. Oh, oh god! <laughs> Shout out to the queen. Shout out to the queen. No, no, no. no. She, she came in last year, and she just came in out of a suggestion. She's like, "Yo, you guys should do a best of." And then I told Crick, I was like, "Yo, we should do a best of." And he said, "Who said that?" I'm like, "Nudia." And she goes, "Well, tell her to work on it." No, he was like, "Who?" <laughs> no, no, no. He, he was like, "Tell her to work on it. Tell her to do something and then show it to us." And then uh, she did. She it. did. And then we're like, oh, shit, she did it. She showed improved. You know, you know what? Like, I actually, you know, I got to give it to you, MoMA, because, like, MoMA is, like, one of the, the people I go to when I talk about, like, delegation, like, uh, you know, just expansion, anything dealing with, like, you know, running a company or running a group. Like, we talk all the time about execution, operations, and nice. just all of that shit. And really... He, I really learned from him to not do everything. Because you remember when I had new, when I had the clothing brand and the boutique, yeah. I was doing everything. And he just kept telling me, you have to delegate. You have to trust motherfuckers and, like, let them do their thing. And, like, now, I don't know, like, I'm so stubborn, but, like, I'm finally in a place where I'm, I'm able to delegate and let go of shit. And I know it's not going to be 100%. Like, 70% is great. 80% is excellent, 90% is outrageously, you know, amazing, but, like, learning from you and what you've done with everyday people and us having those conversations, that put me in a better place to where the podcast is right now. Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know if I told you that, but if, if you do if you do everything yourself, you're going to get 100%, right? Yeah. But the stress that you're going to put on yourself is not worth it. Exactly. Right? And that's where you get diminishing returns. Mm -hmm. So all you got to hope for, you got to hope for a team, then get 80% right. Right. Mm -hmm. And then the 20%, that's what you work on week in, week out. And then after like six months, a year, they're getting 92, 93, right. 94%. And guess what? You're getting years back on your life. Mm -hmm. You feel me? And whatever you're doing is usually would grow, would expand, and would get better. And- that's my whole thing in life. I do not like stress. You feel me? So I will hire people. I will delegate. I will pay money out of my pocket to reduce the stress. And you'll end up finding out that within two, three years, now you're making even more money because somehow all this help kind of grew the business. Yeah. I think that's like the Korean in me because I'm like, man, like, you know, I'm, I'm this, the expenses are just adding up. Like, you know, and I'm just like. There's too many expenses. Like, I got to minimize expenses. I, do, I could do it. You know, I save money, you know, like that way. It's like my mom. But it's like in the end, it's like you have to let go and then you have to give people six months to a year to really like master their position and whatever they're doing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they you're have hard, to be able to kind of like, you're um, a hard worker, bro. I mean, hard worker. It's, it's one of those things where. Sorry, I'm sorry, Mama. No, no. What were you going to say? No, you have to become like a crooked whisperer. You know, right. you have to look at something and be like, what would Crooked want? How would he do it? Because I don't want this motherfucker to go off on me, you know? So that's the incentive for people to get it right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to change that. I'm trying to change that. I'm not trying to fucking yell at motherfuckers. But Yo, next we still question. got a whole bunch of questions. Let's go. Let's um, go. This is actually, this is nice. We can get some tea on this one. Was there an episode that never aired? And can you let us know who the guest was and why it never aired? I will say I'm not going to give the names and why it didn't air. It didn't air for a couple of reasons, but it's it, one of the reasons, one of the main reasons, and I think it's for all four episodes, I think every DJ was in a weird place in their life. Yeah. And I think they were, they were being honest 
and they were being authentic, but we were protecting them. Mm -hmm. And I thought that episode airing would affect people's perception on them and their career. And their livelihood. And yeah, so I thought I don't like to put out episodes that affect motherfuckers' livelihoods. Yeah, That's real shit. I don't want to. I don't want to be that podcast that is like fucking people up. I want to celebrate motherfuckers, or I want to find some type of you know. If we're lost, let's like try to find a compromise where we we were all on there's, the same page. There's got to be some re- something redeeming. Exactly. The whole thing. So it wasn't that the episodes were bad. It was that something was just, I just didn't think, I didn't want people seeing them that way. It was a bad look. It would have been a bad look. It would have been a bad look, but it was like, I'm being overly protective. So I was just like, I don't want them seeing that way. They're dope DJs. They're dope people. And this isn't a good representation of who they are. No, bro, but yeah. this, just, this just reiterates how much of real ones y'all are. Like, like Facts. what y'all do for this community is like, and and I know one of the people that you had on, like, of, of one of those episodes that you didn't air. Yeah. And and I that's my brother. Yeah. And I fucked with him I, uh, during that, that era where he was like, yo, fuck all that. That shit is beneath me. That shit is corny. This, that, and the third. And I, I felt his energy yeah. around the same time, pause, that he had came on here. And for y'all to, to make that call is very, very, very real shit. Because when you're, when you're, when, when you're in the market that he worked in at yeah, the time, yeah. it's very similar to New York. You're being put through the ringer. You, you're bigger than the people that are headlining. You're opening for bums. You're opening for fucking socialites. And influencer DJs. So I can understand where the frustration I mean, came it, from. There's a lot of frustration with a lot of these DJs. Right, right, right. And right, so right. like, but I don't want that shit coming off because I don't think that, look, like a DJ story shouldn't be their bitterness towards the industry. Correct. It, it, there should, and if there is a point where they are bitter, Correct. there should be a like an ending where they kind of understand a little bit more yeah i don't know moma you can probably like i mean at the end of the day you didn't use the clickbait at the end of the day yeah yeah one of the guys is one of the djs that i have the utmost respect for and that i grew up listening to and i think he's amazing and then he just he sounded completely defeated yeah and that like listening to his story actually hurt me and so I'm, i'm thankful that we didn't put that out because i know that's not a great representation of him or what he's about or the things that he's accomplished and if we would have put that out I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have slept good at night because I know the real him, and we all do. And um, it just wasn't it, what, where he is at is not the dude that I remember killing shit. You yeah, know what I mean, well, and and I mean, we spoke about it, so it's kind of like no knowledge. But one of them, one of the four, had a chance to kind of redeem himself mm. and kind of come back and kind of give us a better take of. And we even spoke about, on that episode about what he was going through, but. Definitely, there's one. There's been one in the recent times where the guy came on and he was just complaining, and there was no uh, solution to the problem. It was just I'm in this hole, and this is my hole, and the, and we were trying like cricket really. Well, fucking this tried. is the thing: if you talk to someone and there's no accountability, and everyone's to blame, and the world's to, to blame, there's there needs to be a little bit more self awareness and self discovery, right? Because it's like, well, what do you control? 
Yeah. And he, you know, at that point, I'm more concerned about that person than the fucking recording. Yeah, because yeah. then we stopped yeah. the recording and Korea's like, yo, I'm very concerned about this person. I mean, they yeah. say misery loves company. I mean, so. so like, but the thing is, I'm not going to let you come on the podcast and complain about all of these things that actually, like, don't really exist, but they exist in your head. And it's like, you're having a bad time right now. It's hard right now. And I know that. But it's like, you, you have to go back to what you love. And, you, and this is what I told him. If you're, you know, if you're just kind of wallowing in your own self-pity and you're hating everything in the world, you feel like the world is against you, you have to serve others. That's literally the best thing for you to do is to start helping other people and serving other people. That's the best thing you can do. I think exile was the perfect example of that. Yeah, it's just like... The, you, the perfect. It's like get out of yourself and help somebody else. Right. Serve somebody else. Support somebody else. And don't try to find something transactional. Right. You know, but, you know, I'm not going to summarize this person because, you know, I don't really know him that well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in, in the end of it all, there's been episodes and it, it was because I, we care about the people that we were interviewing and we didn't want them looking fucked That's up. That's love. That's love. It was yeah, the opposite was of drink champs. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, right. Well, drink champs, it was, it, was it was a one-time thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so all right. And, what's, and, and, what's the next one? Staying in the spirit of uh, community and all of that. What's the most helpful advice or constructive criticism you've received from any of your co-hosts? Um, I think uh, during the pandemic or right out of the pandemic, me and Crooked had a conversation. And it, I think that he knows I love sports. So whenever he needs to reach me mentally, <laughs> that's true. That's he, true. He uses like a sports reference. And I so, don't know sports. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like some sad story. shit. <laughs> I'm like, remember. So like he, uh, we were just talking and he was telling me the importance of team and knowing your position he used the last dance a few times and so he he uh yeah <laughs> we did like the whole phil jackson jordan pippen robin thing and that resonated with me heavy because being able to you know i played sports my entire life so i understood exactly where he was coming from and where he was trying to get me mentally to understand where i need to be mm-hmm. and i always love sports references and so for him to take to take time and care enough about me to use one in that instance when i was in a dark place was invaluable to me so that, that I'm always appreciative, and I think about it even to this day when I'm like in a in a struggling point, I'll think about of a sports reference and like, okay, what would I do in this position? I still need to play my position on the team because it, I I can't do it individually. Like the team has to win, and if I'm doing my part, it in in turn helps the team win. Word. Yeah. Shout out Crooked for nailing the analogy. Yeah, <laughs> good job. He's Good been job. doing that lately. You know, Crooked hit him with the Ricky Bobby. If you yeah. ain't first, you're last. <laughs> Never. You uh, was, you, have, you ever get any good uh, advice or constructive criticism from the gang? Um, most yeah. Crooked always has. You know what? Not for nothing. Crooked, you always have helpful advice, mm. and you also really have constructive criticism, which is you know what? Which is a good thing because people need that. And I know sometimes I'd be like, yo, fuck you. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> but, the, but the end of the day, you're... So give, like, give us an example. Um, Shit. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say anything constructive criticism, but I, some good advice he gave me about my house. Like, there have been times that I felt like selling the house, and he's like, yo, never sell your house. Keep it. That's like, that could be, that's your legacy, whatever. You could pass it on to your, your family or whoever you want to pass it on to. And, I mean... That's one example. And yo, it's like such, for me, like, he's the first one to own property in his whole family. I'm mm-hmm. like, don't ever get rid of that shit. Like, that get passed down to your, 
your kids, your yeah. nieces, your mm-hmm. like no matter what happens to your family in New York, let's say New York blows the fuck up. Mm-hmm. They can come to Vegas to your home and they all you own that shit. And it's like 30 years from now, it's going to be worth more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, at that time, just keep it in your name. You know, I don't I don't know. I think it's really important. For that, that sounds sound advice. You get any uh, good advice, Jamie? Uh, from all the guys, actually, each one kind of helped me, uh, you know, through my, you know, my early days of DJing when I was struggling, trying to figure it out. Crooked always with the consistency level of just telling me, just keep going, like head down, just work. Like you have like literally like don't be complaining about shit. You have to go through these things. Uh, also, never is like, yo, this shit's going to happen. Like, I'll complain about some shit to him, and he'll be like, yo, this is going to happen over and over and over. Just get used to it, but work around it. And, and you know, D the same way. Just, yo, you should go out, network with people. Cricket would, one thing that Cricket always tells me is, like, try to better one thing in your DJ career, and that's going to change your whole perspective. If it's a new logo, if it's business cards, if it's a website, if it's a mixtape, if it's anything, Shout out Crooked, the advice column, yo. Yeah. I feel like Crooked put in this question because he knew. He knew. He knew everyone. Because I didn't write that question. Crooked, Me. Crooked, he needs to shine. Crooked wrote Me. that question. Me. I'll, I'll take that. And I'll, take, and that. Not only that, I'll like, take that. I think he, and not for nothing, as much as he's hard on us and shit, like he's our biggest cheerleader at the end of the day. Like he just wants us all to succeed. He wants the whole yeah. team to, as a group, to win and individually to win. And he's our biggest cheerleader He's down to help us with whatever we need at any time. Like, if he's half asleep and I call him, and I can tell I woke him up, I'm like, yo, I'm sorry I woke you up. He's like, no, no, what's going on? Like, he's always there and ready to help and ready just to buckle down yeah. and go to war with you. Um, How about right. you, Crooked? Crooked, uh, me. <laughs> I want to thank me. I want to thank me because I've always given myself the best advice. No. Hi, <laughs> Snoop. No, you know what? I, I learned from all three of these dudes, and like, it's honestly, I learned because like I make mistakes. They're not talking about the mistakes I make. So when I make mistakes, like there's a time when. You know, D did something and I fucking yelled at D in front of everybody. And then he pulled me aside. He's like, look, you know, like, I'd rather you talk to me on the side and not fucking, you know, chew me out in front of other motherfuckers. And then I learned, like, wow, like, don't fucking embarrass your fucking crew. You know, you got to do, like, these coaching sessions one-on-one. So I learned from that, you know. And there's times when I speak to Jamie, you know, like, I grew up on guilt so like some sometimes when I motivate people, I'm using guilt, and I use and it affects Jamie a lot. You know, he has like personal, he has some personal issues with guilt. Yeah. So like for me, I had to hold that back, and I had to find another way to approach, you know, approach working with with Jamie, and it would never like we just have a long ass history. So with me and Never, it's just like it's a brotherhood with me and him. You know, it's like so I have to just learn. That honestly, the first thing, like you know, there's shit that like when you when you're friends for twenty plus years, you like, you there's there's a lot of shit there, bro. You know, like bad shit happens. You let each other down and shit. But I just learned that my priority with Never is like I love him like a brother. So anything else that gets in the way, I have to learn to live with it and let it go because in the end, I can't stop. 
not loving him. That's family right there. Man. You know what I'm saying? Fact. So like, I can't right. not love him. So I have to let it go and just like, you know, and just know that like, yo, I have to create boundaries if, if, if certain for certain shit. But it's like in the end, like him being there and being a part of my life is more important than any mistakes or anything he could do to me. So it's just one of those things where I learned that with, with Nev. This is a question that I don't think we need to elaborate on because we probably answered it already through all the previous questions, but I kind of like it. And it goes, have you ever experienced a frustrating incident working on the podcast and why was it DJ Crooked's fault? <laughs> Man. And we don't need to deep dive into that one. Nah. <laughs> so check it out. Um, let, let's get into like uh, some gossip. When was the last time you were jealous of another DJ? Do we have to mention the DJ? Or no? I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Yeah, I'm I'm jealous of DJs all the time. Yeah, but you know what? Like I'm extremely jealous of, and this is like what you guys would never expect. I'm jealous of DJs who are like fathers with families. Mm -hmm. Like when I see them post pictures and like videos of their family and the way they can juggle DJing and family life. I'm very, very envious. Yeah. Being like a single dude, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm. I'm so jealous. But it's not like a jealousy where like, I hope your motherfuckers die. It's like, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like a jealousy. It's a jealousy of like, you know, like, oh my God, like it's possible to mm -hmm. like have a wife and a kid and, and be a DJ. And I'm sure it's not all perfect and shit, but... I really love, it inspires me, but I am jealous. I'm like, that that looks nice. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, that looks dope. I, I don't think it's jealousy, like, in a bad way, but MoMA. Because I've been like, damn, this motherfucker gets to play whatever the fuck he wants. And he just, he has a gig every week and he doesn't get yelled at by people. A lot of people are jealous of you, MoMA. Yeah. But it's, <laughs> I'm, it's I'm jealous MoMA. of MoMA. It's, it's one of the, hold on. MoMA, I, I was, was going to say, I was going to say you also because when I see your night Beyonce commercial, I'm like, this mother. But I was happy for you. I, I did not write this question and, and, for the record. And I'm going to keep it a buck. I'm going to keep it a buck. I've said this shit to a few people. I always wonder why AM wanted to be like Ellie. Like, I always wonder why he said, if I could switch lives or DJ careers with anybody, it would be Ellie Escobar. Really? And I was, yeah, AM would say that. And I always wonder why the fuck he said that till I met MoMA. And I was like, if I can switch with lives with anybody, it would definitely be I MoMA. I mean, the, the one thing me and Ellie have in common is we play by our own rules. Yes, mm -hmm. you play and, at your and own once, field. Once you get there and you're not beholden to, like, the rules of nightlife or celebrity or capitalism or trends... It's 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 a stress free environment, yes. you know. And now we're at the point where we got the following, where we can earn a good living. I mean, I'm I'm in a good place. You know what I'm Keep saying? Keep rubbing it, motherfucker. And no, and I've no, had that. I've had out. opportunities that I've turned down for like really major shit. Yeah. That I felt would kind of disturb my balance. You know. Yeah. Like yeah, I'm, I'm in New York. If you live in Manhattan and you walk down the street and you get a bagel and you walk down the West Side, like you've got it made. You do not need anything else you know what i'm saying you don't need a private jet you don't need to be in front of fifty thousand people at the weekend so that's just the beauty of playing by your own set of rules but it it, it takes a while to get there man yeah i'm yeah. gonna hold you that's the only thing <laughs> i think i'm very similar to crooked like i have like i come from a very very loving family and a lot of my uh siblings a lot of my cousins they all have families and kids 
and I'm like the guy showing up to the kid's birthday party by myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? So there's this level of like envy where I'm like, damn, man, I wish I could have this. How can I balance, you know, having a wife and kids and DJ? So when I see, um, you know, Four Color Zach and, you know, Vice and Marvel. Scratch Bastard, Marvel, like these yeah. dudes have beautiful families and kids. And when they post it on Instagram, I'm just like, man, like kudos to them for being able to have that balance. And I see how happy they are with it. It's like a level of happiness I have never experienced, and I want that for myself. And I, and I know it's a lot of work, yeah. and I know it's a lot of sacrifice, but it's one of those things where I'm like, I'd rather do that work and sacrifice than do some of the other shit I'm doing yeah. right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm also envious and jealous because I feel like when you have a kid and when you have a wife, your perspective on work and money and success changes. Mm-hmm. There's an urgency. There's like a do or die like switch that turns on because you're like, holy fuck, I got to take care of this kid. What What is this kid going to do when college comes up? Mm-hmm. And I don't have that sense of urgency. I may be a little too comfortable with being single. So like I'm I'm very curious and I'm jealous because I'm like, if I had a kid, would my hustle triple or quadruple it would yeah it definitely would because I'm, I'm like comfortable and i'm like a little complacent with certain shit but like if i had that kid and i had a wife i'd be like you know i'd have to answer but to somebody you might also just work uh smarter not harder exactly i've seen yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah you know but that's not always a uh, that's not always an option <laughs> Yo, let me see that Dilly on bottom, motherfucker. You just turn that whole shit. <laughs> oh my god! I heard it. That's not necessarily. No, no, no. no, no I was trying to whisper because it's not my segment. No, no, no. Nah, you, but you yeah, can relate because you, you know, you, you balance it. You, I have a, I have a son, and I have. Uh, I was so you when you were Facetiming your kid and yeah. your and your and your girl. Oh, Cricket was crying. No, no, no. I was like, that's beautiful. I love that because I go, I travel all the time. I ain't, I ain't FaceTiming no motherfucking showing them where I'm going. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, look look at my view and shit. I'm not like doing none of that I mean, shit. I, I feel like uh, like my responsibility as a father is, yeah. this, is to show my son that, um, that it was dope. the world is your playground, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm, in, I'm in Vegas. He's like, you want to see? His son's like, I want to see, Dan. Let me see Vegas. And he's like showing the view and I'm like... Oh, that's nice. <laughs> I am. I ain't showing nobody nothing. Who <laughs> <laughs> touches me? Hey, I'm in San Diego. Look, come on. <laughs> All right, let's get, let's keep it moving. Let's do it. Do you have a bucket list of guest DJs you'd like to have on the podcast? Not even necessarily guest uh, of DJs. It could be anyone. Mm, I think we got a lot. Yeah. There's so many. It's a few. My number one is Riz. I need to get Riz, DJ Riz on. And why and, haven't you had Riz? I just think it's, you know, timing. we have to go to New York. It's timing. It's also like, you know, I, I don't want to. He don't want to do it by himself also. Yeah. So it'll be like Riz and Eclipse. Yeah. Got um, it. But it's also like I should have reached out to him earlier, but I'm just really bad. I like, when I look up to certain motherfuckers, I don't want to bother them. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't, you. you know, so like, I feel like. If I'm not talking to them regularly, like I'm. But Riz like, is such know? a like chill, approachable dude. I know, but it's just in my head. It's like I don't talk to him regularly. So then, when I do reach out, I don't know what he's going through in life. And right. I'm like, hey, I'm in New York. Want to come on a podcast? It just sounds like <laughs> I don't know what could be happening. You know what I mean? So I kind of want to like feel the temperature out, 
or have somebody that talks to him regularly, like figure out what's going on. But Riz is up there. I think we even spoke to Jazzy Jeff. He's he's mine. Yeah, Jazzy Jeff would definitely mm-hmm. be mine. Jazzy Jeff is up there. I yeah. think, but he's down. Like he, I don't, you know, he. We met him at South by Southwest, and yeah. he's like, I'm down. It's just like, you know, when are we going to be in Philly or? When Delaware. is he going to be? He lives in, in Delaware. Is he Delaware? He lives in Delaware. He lives in Delaware. Maybe I should do something for the for the playlist retreat. For the playlist retreat. Yeah. We just crash it, right? Crash it. Just, <laughs> <crash> it. <laughs> just show up. <laughs> Fuck it. Yo, pitch it on tent. Pause. Just like wait outside of his crib and interview motherfuckers walking in or some shit. Throws <laughs> <laughs> the mics in the camera, Westy. <laughs> wait, what, what? What? Is there anyone else? You know what? We almost had him, but I don't know what happened. Stretch Armstrong. Mm. Oh, Stretch would be great because I mean yeah. he's the king of radio. Yeah, yeah I got to do Stretch and Bobito together. That'd be great. Stretch and Bobito be fire. Yeah, you know, you know who else I want to get? Yeah, uh, and I don't know if he would ever do it. Is like I want to get some of these club owners. So I would love to get That's like cool. Andrew Sasson. I, I know I, he, I would he, would do do I, he would never do it. He would never do it. But Andrew Sasson, when I first moved to to Vegas. He was, uh, you know, what was he like? The, he owned Light Group. Owned, yeah. And he was the most charismatic, most interesting, crazy, wild, empathetic owner I've ever met. He was like extremes of good and extremes of bad. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, he, he did something crazy, but then he did something amazing. So it's like it was hard to like pigeonhole him as a bad person or a great person. Do you know what I mean? It was like he would, he would, Yell at somebody, make someone feel like shit and cry. They would quit, but then he would celebrate someone, promote them, and like champion them. And then he would help like all of these people. And it, it was, he was such an interesting person. And he was actually inspiring to me when I first moved out here to Vegas. But I never really expressed that to him, but I would love to talk to him um, and talk to like Dave Grutman, like some of these owners. I, w- I would like to talk to them in, in the clubs and stuff like that. Uh, last question. Last question. In the last five years, what's your favorite memory from the podcast? Oof. Miami. D? Oh, I had, ooh, that was man, quick. That was an amazing time. Pause. Like, <laughs> I think we were there for, what, a week, an entire week? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got so much work done. It was a dope environment. We hung out. It wasn't stressful. Homies. It wasn't. It, it was the greatest Airbnb of all time. Like, we would get our work done a day, go eat with the homies, interview the homies. We had some amazing interviews. We had a like, pool. We had yeah. Everyone was kind of, like, like, lounging around. It was like the Big Brother house, but just roll podcasts and kind of, like, we all come together for lunch. We would cook. Then, we would cook. You know what I mean? Like it was just a, it was just a vibe, man. I loved Miami. What was dope about Miami? Because immediately after, I I talked to MoMA, and then you know he had the everyday people schedule. So like some of the dopest cities is like London and like Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I immediately told him, "Let me know your schedules when you hit London and Toronto." I'm like, "We're gonna follow you." So like you know, it would have been like everyday people road podcast in Toronto. We would interview. We would stay there for the week. And, you know, he would have known so many DJs, he would have brought them all to the podcast. I mean, we had it all mapped out, but that we was the year it. of COVID, right? Yeah, that was right. the year yeah. of COVID. <laughs> COVID. We had maybe, so much shit. Maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would love, because we want to hit up Atlanta. So if we hit up Atlanta, when you guys hit up Atlanta, that would be perfect. I yeah, we're running it. all that. Atlanta, London, Toronto, we're trying to add uh, Paris, Amsterdam. We're trying to add Chicago back in the mix, D.C., Houston. I mean, it, it's... Heck, it's gonna be hectic. Chicago would be crazy for us too. It's gonna be hectic. So I would I would say Miami as well. Miami and, and 
even though Neva wasn't there for North Carolina when we did uh, the Dreamville Fest. Yeah. Just when we travel, it was mad fun. New York was super fun. We had MoMA, Goldfinger, and Ellie in one room at a point. It was just when we get together and we just execute what we got to do. But those traveling trips are always fun. Just even scheduling them, like, Crooked trying to figure out if we're going to stay in a hotel or Airbnb and, like, how far from everything. So it's just it's, it's a very cool, like, experience when we travel together. So those are the definitely funnest moments. And I definitely got to say Miami as well. That really? Was Miami was just style. fucking It was fun. Miami. Yeah. And I think the, the guests we had, too, man. Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, some of the guys, like, the Who were the guests were, in Miami? It's like, we Bill had, Spector, yeah. Mauricio. Raul. Jessica Legends. Art Basil? No, we no. just went, like in November, like in the middle of November. Yeah. And oh, so it, was not, it wasn't like yeah. WMC or nothing like nothing. that? Nothing. Nah. No. Oh, wow. like yeah, Pace, Pace Rock, yes. Silent Addy, uh, Spencer Tracy. Yeah, Silent yeah. Addy is dope. It was, it was dope. It was like good energy. It was like dope peoples. And it wasn't like a hectic schedule because mm. I usually do a hectic schedule. We do like maybe two a day, yeah. get in meals. Even you know. LA, we just did the LA run. That was fun too. Like, we just didn't plan out eating correctly. But <laughs> at a point, I mean, when we got it going, like, we had some great guests that, that will be coming out. So, but those, so, those were fun as fuck. So, Crooked, what's your favorite memory from the podcast? Shit. Uh, it's hard because it's like uh, I, don't, I don't really look at shit like that. Like, I don't have a favorite memory. But I will say there is a point in time this year when you guys were setting up. And I was watching you guys set up. And it was like, I was looking forward to recording. And that was maybe the first time that I ever realized that I was like, damn, like recording has become fun. Yeah. And it wasn't work. And everyone was doing their thing. And it felt like, uh, like I really felt like, wow, we, it took us four and a half years to get to this. And I appreciated that moment because I was like, I'm not worried about anything. I'm just like, it's not even, sometimes I wasn't even taking notes. Like some of these episodes when it was just us, we were just talking. Mm -hmm. And I was just, I was just like, it took us however long to get to here. And that, I was very proud. So like, I remember that, about, I'll remember that forever in 2022, that, this recording started becoming fun and I started appreciating this time. Like I literally started thinking in my head, like, wow, this isn't going to last forever. So like, I'm, I'm going to remember this time when this is fun and it was easy. And it was like, it was, and you know, we were getting to spend time with each other. Yeah. That's dope. And it's dope that it happened recently. You know what I mean? The sky's the limit, man. Y'all can just keep getting better and better. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Oh, real quick, I know, I know, uh, it wasn't about me, but I did want to say something. <laughs> I know this is like a beautiful moment right now, but uh, I, you know, Jamie's like keeps holding the mic. In case you don't know, we're sharing a mic right now. So me and Jamie have been like arm wrestling for it the whole time. Uh, so I know, like y'all were so supportive when I moved to Chicago, and and I didn't know anyone when I moved. So like, so many people reached out, and those are like the first friends I had. So shout through, out the, through the podcast, through the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So they listened, they hit me up, but like I would have had like no friends cause I did, I literally didn't know a soul before I moved. So I just wanted to shout out like two time fast track, the bulls DJs who 
put us up at, at the Chicago Bulls game. Mm. They put a shout out to Road Podcast up there, Jay Funk and Marquis. Uh, Marquis. And also um, the Rockford crew, they had me out to open for Boy Genius. Shout out to Boy Genius, Rick Monster, and Batista. So I just, uh, I didn't know when I was going to have a chance to say that. But so thank no, you. Shout guys. out to Road Podcast connecting yeah. DJs everywhere. Yo, shout out. <laughs> um, yo, I want to thank you guys flying to Vegas, you know, and then like, going straight to recording you know like a lot of people don't realize how draining the shit is and you guys are here like fucking soldiers and i appreciate it and i'm glad that we could spend our five-year anniversary with you guys for this episode and for the event that we're going to do tonight yo bro i'm so I'm love honored, baby bro. so love yeah. real talk yo. thank you for also we bro. celebrating Cricket's birthday. Yes, sir. Right. Happy birthday, Yo, listen, the last Korean's birthday I went to, I knocked somebody out. So tonight, yeah. we're going to chill out. <laughs> James Wayne. Chill out. James, shout out to James Wayne. Yo, you know what? Like, I, Wait, he, you knocked out James Wayne? No, no, no. no, 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 no. Oh. Never. Never. Yo, sorry. Rumors get started. Never. Well, he said James Wayne. I'm like, No, no, no. Never. He knocked somebody out that was kind of like talking shit to James Wayne. Oh, heavy. Yeah. The but Asian Avenger. Heavy. His name in my phone is Marty Mong Rock. Because he was Mong. Hold on. Before we wrap up the, before we wrap up this this fucking episode, let yeah. me explain. Let me wait, let me wait. Say, no. Let me tell you. Hold the bottle happened. of De Leon that you finished by yourself. Nah, let me tell you. Let me tell you what happened. <laughs> you might as well finish it up, man. Yeah, Just give like me a that. sip. It's fine. Knock it let, out. Let me tell you what happened. Wait, what are you telling right now? The 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 Mong story. No, no, no. There's no way you're gonna tell that story. You sure? Yeah. Okay. I love you though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you wanted me to. to no, 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 no. There's oh, no, there's no I way. He's wrapping up. He's oh, wrapping yeah. up. Perfect. There's Perfect. no way. Perfect. No, there's no way I'm letting you tell that. I'd story. rather not. I'd rather yeah. not. Okay. I want to hear off camera. Though. <laughs> I tell you off camera. I'd rather not. Yo, Marty, Moma, thank you. I appreciate Cheers. it. Nudia, I'm love so you happy guys. you could be here. Love y'all. Thanks. Maybe next time you'll give me a mic. Oh my god <laughs> It's never Damn. good enough It's never good enough Sassy. Shout out to Alex He couldn't make it Shout out to him For all the fucking hard work For real We need to give Have a, a round of applause For Alex Alex that guy. Yo, right. If it wasn't for yeah. Alex Our ed, a video editor This shit might not be happening you know, We'll shout, be recording right shout, now Yeah Shout out <laughs> to Alex in Atlanta This podcast would not continue Without you bro So I love you Thank you for White so chocolate much. Very own White chocolate Shout out to you <laughs> Um, actually, he was at Everyday People too in Atlanta. Oh, that's yeah. what's up. Yeah, yeah. He posted about it. He loved it. That's what's up. Um, all right, man. Five years in the pocket. Yep. See y'all tonight. See y'all tonight. Here's Let's to this. another five, y'all. Yeah. We celebrate tonight. <laughs> Peace. Easy. Thanks for tuning into the Road Podcast. Don't forget, every Wednesday we have new episodes on all major streaming platforms. And every Thursday, the video versions go up on our YouTube page. Please subscribe to our channel, youtube.com slash roadpodcast. And to find exclusive clips of the pod, please visit youtube.com slash DJ City. And we'll see you next Wednesday.